cul-de-sac contemplating murder. Swerving with my circus, looking for a purpose. Pseudo clean record hope got another surface. So juggling act with one ball. So how does that exa- how does that work out? I don't know. Actually. Probably a lot like Arizona's counting their votes right now. <laughs> Dude, have they moved to their toes yet? I mean, they use their fingers, and that's all good. But they can use their toes too, man. And if it's a male, they can use one or three other things. Ligma. I just saw your name. That was fucking hilarious. Dude. I don't get down there and help them out, Roger. Jesus. I, I don't under well now the sheriff's department has come in and they've barricaded the place. They got like snipers up on the rooftops. What the it's fuck? Like, dude, I'm telling you, it, it's it's so frustrating because the entire state of Florida, you know, what, what was it like within a couple hours, right? Yeah, like two hours great. or something like that, two, three hours. Uh, the entire state of Florida was able to count their votes. We've got one county that's two million votes. And now the guy just came out and said, well, don't hold me to it, but we think we're going to have the lion's share done by next week. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely insane. The, uh, <clears throat> what you saw after you dude, after the 2020 debacle, like Ron DeSantis got busy fixing Florida's, uh, election system. Right. Um, you know, laws, he got rid of, uh, I can't remember her name. The, uh, the lady, the, the election commissioner in, uh, in South Florida in Dade County, uh, cause she was up to shen- you know, shenanigans. He got rid of her, but yeah, it's crazy in a state of 21 million people who, you know, a sizable portion of it just got flattened by, you know, a major hurricane and Florida managed to get all their votes counted. Um, you know, well, they got as him. a state, but Arizona can't, when did they get them? When did they get them counted? Cause it was easy to call Florida because those counties, uh, outside of the panhandle, went uh went red so it was like okay we can call florida relatively quickly but like i wonder how you know i wonder how long for the end of the count um it couldn't have been it couldn't have been after midnight and well they might still be counting right but it's like you said you know you get those areas so to me it's like hey for arizona and it's all nuanced and that's something else we'll talk about but it's who wins maricopa county so hey let's put a push and, and I get it if it comes down to the wire. Like the first time DeSantis ran with Gillum, right? It came down oh, yeah. to the wire. Like, I yeah. get it. I get it. It was split. But this is pretty easy, man. You knock out Maricopa County, uh, that's probably going to tell you one way or another. And if it doesn't, if it's still 50-ish, 40-ish, hey, man, I got it. it. It takes time to get the onesies and twosies votes in because they do make a difference. Every vote should count. But it's like we've counted every outlying area first. Because even the vote as of, uh, this is Thursday, 6 o'clock Arizona time, I think the vote difference total right now is like 14,000 votes between Kerry Lake and Katie Hobbs, which is nothing because there's 600,000 votes left out there. And I think today they only turned out like another 20,000 votes. I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. Like, well, here, I, I don't here, get it. The, the other problem with that too is like, so how many people, live, roughly how many people live in Maricopa County? You've got 2 million voters in Maricopa County. All right. So let's say there's 2 million registered voters in Maricopa County. You know that, right? You don't, and you know that before election day, right? I mean, it's pretty easy at any point to pull up and say, okay, we have this many voters. Now, this is how long, approximately how long it takes to count one vote, you know, get it recorded and curate and make sure, you know, it's legitimate, blah, blah. Okay. So we need X number, you know, we need, you, you sit down and basically after that, it's just, it's a simple troops to task. 
right? I need X number of election poll workers, you know, not X number of election yeah. workers to do this. It's like Harris County, Harris County, Texas ran out of paper. And you're like, okay, why are you running out of paper? It's Houston. You know, you have, you, you know how many voters you have on the books. So that's about, you know, that, that, that is the number that, you know, isn't, you know, anticipated to show up. Now, of course, not everybody's going to show up, but like, like I, I, I don't understand this. Um, you know, professionals think, uh, or you know, amateurs think well, tactics. Professionals think logistics. Uh, they, they need to just get with the get with the program, obviously, because their system obviously is not going to work. Because you talk troops to task, but if you're talking about counting two million votes, I mean, do the math. You have to have a lot of people, and you have to have somebody behind them double checking that vote. So, sure, I don't know if they're counting by hand. If they're counting two million ballots by hand, it's like, hey, you know, the, I, you know, I hate to bag on Roger, you know, where he lives and everything, but I mean, it's a twenty, it's twenty twenty two. Oh, I wouldn't, dude. This pisses me off. And and here's the thing: there's two camps. You obviously got the Katie Hobbs camp. That's like, hey, democracy takes time, and this and that. Here is here is what I think everybody's missing, and and I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. I've got two points here. I'm going to make first. For all those that, you know, we, of course, we get a lot of haters. We, you know, we got one of our episodes banned off YouTube and this and that. And I think we're, we're getting some of that Howard Stern syndrome. You know, people just want to listen to you so they can pick you apart and ban you and report you, whatever. And, and so they think we're overly conservative on everything. Republicans run a lot of this. They need to be fired. I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, whatever. You need to be fired. If you had something like, hey, election day kind of comes the same time every couple of years. Uh, you kind of knew this was going to happen. You need to be fired because the first thing is initially they reported 20% of the machines weren't tabulating properly. Now it actually looks like it was 30% of the machines weren't tabulating properly. You want to know why they weren't tabulating properly? Because they ran out of printer ink. So the little dots didn't print dark enough. So they were running them through this thing like 20, 30 times. So then Maricopa County gets out here and they said, we figured it out. We solved it because Carrie Lake went to, so she went to court, took them to court. Uh, I think it was about a month ago and said, all of these need, everything needs to be hand counted. I don't trust the machines. They need to be hand counted. Judge said, you're crazy. Throw them out. Then all of a sudden this happens. It's like, well, maybe she's not so crazy. And then seven hours later, Maricopa County comes out and says, oh, we fixed the problem. We fixed the problem. But how many people have been turned away at those polls because you couldn't go to another location because they said, oh, you've already voted. You've already been at another location. So she went and she sued, tried to keep the, the, the polls open to 10 o'clock. Uh, judge turned it down, which I don't know why. You, I, I mean, why not, right? Leave the polls open at 10 o'clock. We're not done counting. It's not like, hey, the numbers have to be done tomorrow by five. So no, there's no time. This exactly. is clearly going to go on for another week. So how many people did you disenfranchise? Uh, that, that either said, screw it, I'm just not dealing with it. My, you know, my vote doesn't count. One vote's not going to matter or whatever. But it's like you had the initial printer problem and the Maricopa County Election Board was bragging about how they fixed it. They fixed it seven hours later. It was seven hours. I, I, I just, I, I really don't understand this. You know, earlier this year, earlier this year, we slung an object at an asteroid that was 560 feet wide Right. We slung something at it that took 10 months traveling tens of thousands, you know, I forget how many thousands of miles through outer space to slam into it at 14,000 miles an hour. Right. We can do that. But we can't get votes counted in a day. Well, and this is this is this is this is the other point that, that I was trying to make is. 
I don't care if you're the winner or the loser, Democrat, Republican. How can you, how does this not sow distrust in the system? Because one of two things happen, okay? Katie Hobbs is up right now, like I said, 14, 15,000 votes or whatever. All of a sudden, you know, this wave comes in and, and, and Carrie Lake wins. You got to be thinking, wow, I waited a week and votes just kind of kept coming in until she won. And then if you're Carrie Lake, you're thinking the same thing. Wow, Maricopa County should go majority red. And all of a sudden, you know, all these votes keep coming in and, and Katie Hobbs won. It, it, you, people, you wonder the media, the media, they wonder why people don't trust elections. This is why they don't trust elections, because there are no winners here. Everybody's a loser because no matter what side of the aisle you're on, you like it'll be like George all over again, right? You wake up in the morning, you're like, "What the hell happened?" I, I was like up by fifty thousand votes, and then then today they figured out there was another like twenty seven thousand. So Maricopa County election said, "Okay, everything's done. We've got everything." And there'll be onesies and twosies because we've got some reservations and stuff like that. So I I, I get that. Okay, I'm not talking about five hundred votes or something from a precinct or whatever. So they're tabulating. They're like, "Oh yeah, this truck shows up with another twenty seven thousand votes." Now I don't know where these votes are from. Could be Republican, could be Democrat, who cares? Doesn't matter. But okay, so we are now into Thursday at uh, at this time. It was like, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon and like 27,000 votes show up. Like, I mean, what'd they do, man? Throw them on a, on a burrow or a mule from Lake Pleasant and have them haul them downtown? I mean, dude, you wonder why people don't trust elections. That's why they don't trust elections because there are no winners on this thing. This it's, is why. It's absolutely insane. This is why it's ridiculous because uh, as you guys have been listening to us for a while, talk about Russian interference and all this stuff, and does Russia want Trump to win? Does Russia want You don't even need Russian interference. That's what I'm talking about. It's (laughs) like, look, Russia's goal is to undermine faith in the system, undermine faith in elections. That sows chaos. It sows discord. It's just, it's a good strategy, you know, psyops, whatever you want to call it. And like Roger said, you don't even need them. We're doing fine ourselves, sowing distrust with the system. Now, let's just say, sake of argument, everything's on the up and up, and we can just chalk this up to incompetence. Like Roger said, it undermines faith in the system. It is, it, this is absolutely unbelievable. It's 2022. We, like Josh said, we slammed an object into an asteroid going 14,000 <laughs> miles an hour. That's like hitting a bullet with a bullet. I mean, I know asteroids seem big, you know, because you watch too much Star Wars. Roger was humming Star Wars before we started, freaking dork. But um, <laughs> but it's like it's like hitting a bullet with a bullet. We could do that. But this is this leads me to something Josh and I were talking about. I think Roger was involved. Uh, Roger's been doing a lot of driving lately. Um, so how do you Literally. fix it? You know, uh, it, it's something that's not easily fixed because, as I understand it, it's kind of up to the states how they run their elections right but you know your average person uh i am i am against the federal government stepping in and saying okay we're going to standardize this and you know we're going to do that because i i just i don't like any more power with the federal government but in this case it's like okay well we got to do something right so josh i mean other than all the states getting on the same page and saying okay we're all going to do it this way i think we have a better uh chance at a confederation of states than we do with that but other than that, I mean, how do, how's it, how do you fix this? Like, what's a step that all the states could take? Or, or, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so first off, absolutely, the federal government should not be involved, period, uh, in, in any way, shape, or form. 
I think, uh, you know, it, it, it maybe it's a pipe dream that, you know, like you said, that all the states get on board with each other uh, because Michigan and New York just decided that they wanted to, you know, vote back in feckless tyrants as uh, as their governors. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what could be done, um, you know, right now at this moment to, uh, you know, to, to correct this. Um, I think Arizona is on the right track. It looks like hopefully knock on wood, Abe is going to win the, uh, you know, in, in the attorney general race. Um, and so, and that's really where you have to, the states need to start. They need to take a look at Florida, right? Florida is the model. Um, you know, for, for states to fix their, their, their election process. Uh, you know, like I said, we were saying, I'm not sure if we, you know, we were already recording yet, but you know, after the 2020 election in Florida and it was a complete, it, it was just, it, it was a complete disaster. Um, and you know, Ron DeSantis got busy fixing that, uh, you know, he fixed it and lo and behold, Lo and behold, the, you know, the counties that had the most problems didn't have any problems, um, you know, in this one. And they were able to get their votes in and counted in a very timely manner. In fact, you know, like, you know, use Dade County as, as an example. Dade County was one of the early counties called in Florida. Um, you know, and by far that's, you know, for those you may not be familiar, that's, you know, a large portion of Miami. Uh, you know, so you're talking a, a lot of folks and, you know, a lot of voters. Um but I think, you know, overall, what needs to happen with, you know, with voting and this needs to be across the states. And again, you have to, you know, you have to get the states to agree to this. I would never support federal legislation, uh, you know, for, you know, for, for standardized voting ever. Um, you know, states need to come out and it's one. You have to have an ID. You have to have an ID to vote. Serialized paper ballots. Um, you know, and then you take your little serialized, serialized paper ballot and you go feed it into the machine and the machine reads it, calculates it. And, uh, and, you know, and, and that's that, um, I, I don't that, dude, that's too easy to fix. And, 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 and that's the point. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off, but that's no, no, the no. problem is, is they don't want to fix it. You know, here's the other side to it. And I know what people are going to say out there. So, you know, Katie Hobbs is running against, uh, Carrie Lake. Guess who the secretary of state is? Katie Hobbs. Yeah. Now, they were saying, well, when Brian Kemp, hey, I, I have no issues with, with saying they need to recuse themselves. I get it. But your answer right there is so simple. It tells me they don't want to fix it because if you fix it, you can't cheat. It makes it harder to cheat. I'm telling you, man, that's, that's the only reason yeah. why it's just, it's just too easy. You can serialize every single U.S. dollar that we have because there's trillions of them out there now. I can serialize a ballot. Pretty exactly. easy. Exactly. And the other things with that too, I would eliminate mail-in voting would be illegal. It would be 100% illegal. Um, you know, you would have absentee voting, uh, but absentee voting would be by exception. And I'm talking about by very, very limited exception. If you want to vote early, early voting will be open for one week, but you have to go do it in person. You know, what about you've military? got a week to go get your, what's that? Absentee about, ballot. Okay. So that's it. Di- we'll take, we'll make the difference Again, we'll make the differentiation again, as we have before. Mail-in is different than absentee. Right. There's yes. a chain of custody with absentee. Correct. So, And, and it's and not unsolicited. It's not unsolicited, right. which is the big key, right? 
Exactly. It's not unsolicited. You have to actually mail in and request like Luke's, you know, your absentee ballot. Like Luke said, there's a chain of custody, a mail-in ballot, you know, it just, you know, they, they look at and say, okay, well, this is the address we have for this person. You know, that person moved to, you know, that person moved to Florida a year ago, you know, to escape your draconian COVID measures, but you just go ahead and mail that to that address anyway. That's never how it should never work like that ever. Right. So how did, just not a serious country. Right how did the yeah. Pennsylvania thing go? Okay. I, I know Fetterman won. Got that. Got it. But was there any news on how that went? Because, you know, it was such a big thing. In it was the down ballot. I mean, here's the thing with, with a lot of, you got to remember, this is not a presidential election. And, and I, I, some of this stuff, we're going to get into some weeds because there, there is a point about the media we were talking about a little bit earlier. With a midterm election, you normally struggle to get high voter turnout, right? Because there's just not the national popularity. Some people don't care. And quite frankly, in some states, uh, it really doesn't matter because a Repu- like Alaska, a Republican is just going to be elected because they do the ranked choice voting or, or whatever. It just is what it is. Uh, so when you look at midterm elections, you have to have a very strong top of the ticket. Because that's who's going to carry everybody else over. So when you look at Georgia with Kemp and Walker, and I think there was, uh, it ended up being like about a four point difference, which, you know, is about the same lag out here with Kerry Lake and Blake Masters, about a four point difference. Kerry Lake is a strong candidate. Whether she wins or not, she's a strong candidate and, and will help with coattails drag other people across. Lee Zeldin in New York, though he didn't win, they're already saying there are several seats that they attribute to him because he's a high-profile guy, he's a strong candidate, and he brings out down-ballot ba- vote. Nobody's going to go and say, hey, I'm just going to go vote for the Senate, and that's it. They vote top-down. So what I've seen, and, and the pundits, uh, what they're reporting, which maybe it's right, not right, obviously Mastriano had some issues. Uh, they drew the narrative about him very, very early on that he was an extreme uh, you know, right MAGA conservative or, or whatever you want to call it. And he had some flaws in his own campaign. So when you're, when you're a weak top of the, you know, top of the ballot candidate, you just don't help anybody else below you. Like Josh was saying, you know, Oz had a struggle. There's several different, you know, issues with Oz. One, he had his own personal issues. Uh, but you also look at the primaries. They, it was a knockdown drag out primary. Oz wins. And then he disappears for a month. Right. I mean, it's, 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 it almost, so anyway, there's a whole bunch of things that led to that, but it's, it's almost no different. I'm glad to see that Herschel's out there campaigning right now because is the minute the runoff was announced, Warnock was like, we're on the trail. And so the reporter, this is Fox. Okay. Fox news reaches out to the Herschel camp. They literally came out. Well, not literally. They came out and said, well, we're not sure if he's going to take a knee for a little bit first or not. Like What? I, dude, it's it. Well, and we'll talk about the fallout and, and, and the whys because you you know may maybe tied to Trump, maybe you don't. I think you're going to see. You know, I've definitely got a differing of opinion, and maybe Luke does. Josh, he jumped off the train a long time ago. Um, but it's like the candidates have to help themselves as well. And, and I forget the uh, the lady who used to be uh, Trump's um, uh, senior advisor. But she came around and was like, hey, you can't just say, and this doesn't, it doesn't matter who the, the endorser is, you can't just say, hey, I endorse you, and boom, I'm done. You know, you're not being like knighted, right? Uh, you're not a saint all of a sudden. It's like, okay, you have the backing and approval of you know, the leader of the party or whatever it is. You still have to put in the work. And I think what you've seen in a lot of places, uh, folks just haven't put in the work. They're like, oh, I got the Trump name. I'm good. <laughs> 
Yeah. So Pennsylvania. All right. So Pennsylvania, what happened in Pennsylvania? Um, and I, I, you know, I've said it multiple times before, you know, I think Roger, you know, Roger and I got into some animated conversations about it. Oz was a terrible candidate. Oz was not the guy who should have been the nominee. It's, you know, you know, yeah, you can say part of that is, you know, due to Mastrano being a, you know, a terrible candidate, you know, and not, you know, not pulling him up. But at the end of the day, you know, each candidate should be able to stand on their own. If you are nominating the right people to the ticket, then they can stand, they should be able to stand on their own. Oz was an absolutely terrible candidate. The majority of people, you know, looking at social media, reading some articles, you know, from some, some conservatives in Pennsylvania, uh, you know, they came out and said the biggest thing that the biggest problem that they had with Oz was his past record of not being conservative. And the fact that a lot of people viewed Oz as nothing more than a carpetbagger from Jersey. Right. That, that, that is a lot of folks looked at Oz like that. Now does McCormick get that same treatment? I don't know. Right. We'll never know because the GOP decided, Right. And it's not ultimately it's really, you know, it's a little bit of Oz's fault because he ran a shitty campaign and some of his commercials were absolutely atrocious. I mean, they were, they, it was like, you know, it was like the, you know, the 50 year old dad trying to, you know, hang out in the student section, you know, at a, at a college football game. You're like, dude, come on, man. Like it's it's over. Um, but at the end of the day, the GOP threw their weight behind Oz. Because they were like, well, that's our guy. You know, they went, the, the distinguished gentleman, the name you know, you know, he's got name recognition. Let's just go with him because he's got instant name recognition. And Oz was a terrible candidate. And couple that with the fact that Pennsylvanians are dumb. They elected, not only did they elect a brain dead guy to the United States Senate, they elected a dead person in Tony DeLuca. The guy died on October, like October 9th. They literally elected him to the, to, to, uh, office. The guy's dead. And so now there has to be a special election, you know, next month <laughs> to fill that seat after they just elected somebody, you know, they elected that dude. And he's dead. It was like, that's, there's a reason why the founders did not want everybody to vote. Did not you're want seeing why we're you're seeing why we're a republic. Yes, that's, that's what absolutely. You're this is why you're a republic because the vast majority of people that go to the polls are uneducated voters. They are uninformed and they are uneducated in who they are voting for and the and and the you know the the issues at hand. They go in there and they're like, "Here's what I hate." So I went, you know, so when I went to vote right outside, you know, the little fire station where I vote at, both parties, the Democrats and the Republicans, have a tent. Right. And they have their sample ballot already pre-filled out that they can hand you. So you can walk into the booth and just, you know, fill in the bubbles that, you know, that they filled in. And I always walk past and they're like, hey, do you need a ballot? I said, no, because I educate myself on the candidates and the issues. I really appreciate your sample ballot, but I don't need it. But I can tell you as a standing there, the seven people in line behind me, they all had it. They all picked it up. And I was just like, if you don't know the candidate, why are you voting for them? Why do you need somebody else to tell you who to vote for? That's the problem. That is, that is such a huge problem in this country. And I, I, I don't see it getting fixed anytime how soon. Many, how, many, uh, how many votes did you make? Like, what, what all did you vote for? Would you say it was six votes or 
15 different uh, uh so there was no i mean there was there was quite a few i mean there was probably yeah there's okay. probably 12 15 fair enough and and you know what do we say we always preach this on this podcast we're like get more involved with your civics be a good civic american i'm telling you dude <laughs> on a couple of the offices that i voted on or chose not to vote on because i didn't know who the hell they were I, I didn't even know that that was a race and and I was like, okay, all right, you know, I need to. Uh, there was some kind of like underground water authority for my particular area, for for my particular area, and I was like, yeah, I don't know what this is, number one, or who, <laughs> and number two, who these people are. So I sat there for a second. My wife actually said something out loud in the polling station. She's like, what the hell is this? Like everybody looked at her, and I, she was on the same page I was, and I was like, well, who should I vote for? Like the guy with the coolest name. I, I don't know because it, Dude, there, there was no party of. So we had we had like a hundred different names we had to vote for on ours because not only did you have all those little crazy things, I forget I don't know what the time is. It's definitely it, it's definitely more than two years, but you have to go back and recertify every Arizona state judge as well. Yeah, I'm like, dude, we literally had like 100 names on there and we didn't vote straight down ballot because my wife was doing a little bit of research because somebody we split it up and she's like, hey, the Republican guy running for like the school board. Yeah, he just got caught masturbating last week and got arrested. You know, uh, so wait, we I'm going to need more details behind that because <laughs> I'm, I'm, find, I'm having a hard time finding the crime in that. Yeah, you know, yeah. so we, you know, <laughs> I mean, we like up, where, like in his bedroom, like no, it was like around a community my, college or something. something oh, like that. He okay, literally okay, got so arrested in public. In public. And so, you know what? It's one of those like, hey, you know what? Yeah. In that case, guess what? I'm voting for the Democrat because I can't have a pedophile, you know, being running the the school board. Yeah. You know, I I get that, Luke. And your point taken. Absolutely. I think the only one that was on my ballot that I was like, I don't know who this person is. It was like the register of deeds. Right. And it's like, okay. So you work at the courthouse, registered deeds. Like I really don't. Like, at the end of the day, there's very little damage that you can do. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wing this one. So right? I I did. First of all, I was surprised <clears throat> that this is the first time uh, I voted in Texas in, in in a while, and there was no option for straight ballot, straight straight ticket. Uh, you went line by line, which I, I like that uh, for the very reasons Josh and Roger were talking about, but. I did not vote straight ticket. I told you I didn't vote in a couple of them. I skipped the screen um, because I, you know, I don't know what I want to get myself into. I might be voting for the wrong person. I don't know, but I did not vote for the attorney general, Ken Paxton. I voted for the, uh, the, the libertarian on that one because Ken Paxton, you know, Roger's always saying, you're going to put some money on that game. You put some money on that game and uh, <laughs> whatever, web, you know, whatever website. And I'm like, I can't because in Texas uh, you can't, uh, you can't uh, gamble online. And I'm not a big gambler. I put like a dollar fifty on a game I'm not right. interested in because it makes it interesting, right? And uh, I don't think I've ever bet more than five dollars on a game. But yeah, he he's that's that's his whole platform, or part not his whole platform. That's his shtick is no online gambling. It's like, bro, you can go to any place and buy lottery tickets, all this stuff. What is your problem with online gambling? And I know it's something probably behind the scenes. They're probably want some kickbacks or the. Sports books are looking at some kind of tax status that Texas don't want to give them. But I'm like, no, you know, Ken Paxton, no, I'm not, you're not getting my vote. So I did not go straight ticket, but uh, I, I told you, uh, we were on uh, Isaac's uh, uh, live stream the other night, the Cajun conservative. And he, he's a, he's a hoot, man. 
if you can take the kids screaming in the background, uh, it, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, Roger unfortunately couldn't hang uh, too long because of his connection. But uh, you know, my wife calls me. I was I was actually in Midland uh, earlier in the week, home of the Permian Basin. That stuff you put in your car to make it go zoom zoom. Yeah, it probably comes from the Permian Basin. But uh, she calls me like real early, and she goes, "I don't know what I'm going to do." <laughs> she was freaking out. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, what? What was the house on fire? What? What's what's going on? You know what to do. She's like, "No, Beto O'Rourke is a is ahead right now." I was like, "Okay, what <laughs> what percentage of the votes are in?" And she goes, "Twenty one percent." I was like, "That's because they've counted Harris County, Dallas County, and Travis County first, and of course the you know Austin, Houston, Dallas." Uh, of course, they're going to go to Beto, but I, I was I was sure I was like, you don't need to worry. The, you know, the Beto monster is not under the bed. He's not going to come get you. Uh, Beto with the bad teeth is going to lose this election, and he did, uh, which was which was a good thing. It's it was completely expected um, on my part, at least. I, I did not think it was going to be reasonably close at all, which it really wasn't. Uh, I was I was happy about that, uh, but that's. Roger, I want to get into this a little bit. Let's go ahead and talk about Trump. I, I believe, and maybe I'll I'll follow these thoughts up a little later after after your thoughts and Josh's. But you know, th- this election was a little strange, right? Because Biden's uh, you know popularity is very low. His approval rating is very low. Uh, you would think, you know, the popular logic, you know, based on history, shows they're going to get a shellacking. It's going to be a red wave. It's going to be a red tsunami. I'm starting to think with respect to Biden that people, this was not a referendum on Biden with respect to the Democrats and independents. You know why? Because they've already given up on him. It's like, it's, this is, you know what? Biden is a shell corpse of a person up there as president. You know, we're just, we're going to not necessarily give him a pass, but it's not a referendum on him. We're still going to stick by our, our Democrats. Or whatever, I, I I believe that the paradigm is shifting, so to speak. I also don't think this was a referendum on Trump. I really believe that people are starting to get over, are starting to come out of the Trump hangover. I think Trump is a thing of the past. I think everyone's going to move on. I think he's really going to expose. He has exposed himself over the past few days. But I think that over the next year, he's truly going to expose himself and he is going to implode when he sees that he doesn't have the majority support of the Republican Party. And I heard something really interesting today is that Trump, you know, a point, it was a point, is Trump is not the leader of the Republican Party. He's not. Although so many of our Twitter haters want to call us MAGA, 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 you know, you're MAGA people. It's like, no, no, he's not our guy. He maybe for Roger, I don't know. I'll get his thoughts, but there is no real leader of the Republican Party right now. There's not. Uh, there's no strong man. I mean, you would say DeSantis is. I would say DeSantis is waiting in the wings to take that mantle, Josh. But right now, he's pretending to focus only on Florida, right, and being a good, you know, governor there. But he's going to have to start spreading his wings. To become that leader, but he's not going to, he's not going to, it's going to be tough to do that while he's the governor of Florida, you know, once he declares. So I'm kind of all over the place here, Roger. I, I think that my bottom line is, I think we're in a transition period where you can throw all, or not all, 
you can throw 70% of the playbook, 70% of the history of how things are supposed to happen. You can throw that out because Trump, like it or not, in 2016, he changed everything forever. And that's what we're seeing. That's why Biden is president. That's why Fetterman got elected, which you guys talk about Fetterman, but that, that, that to me is unbelievable. So Roger, let's talk about Trump. Let's talk about what this means for him and red trickle. I called it red Merkel. Merkel's when you get a little pee in your pants after you, after you pee at the urinal. That's a Merkel. I said that this was not a red tsunami. This was a red Merkel. So let's hear your thoughts. So one, it's not over yet. Uh, there's obviously a, a lot of House seats that are still up. They're going to take the majority. Uh, if Blake Masters, and depending if Maricopa County ever gets done counting their votes, it's tougher for him than it is for Kerry Lake. Still a good shot, though, or a decent shot, I would say, until we get the next big drop that, that Republicans take 51 seats in the Senate. The, the Trump thing is interesting because everybody knows I'm a Trump guy. However, though you cannot blame everything on him, uh, he is a very polarizing individual. And, and what I take is this, going back to our previous conversations, that you have to be electable as well. And you have to, at the end of the day, you have to be a net positive for your party and, and your base, okay? What the midterms told me was that people are just as fired up to vote against him and his candidates as they are to vote for him. So I'm not sure you end up, because you know, Jesse Waters said it best. He's like, hey, man, he fires up the base. I mean, you go see his rallies. I don't care who you are. I mean, there are thousands of people out there. He comes to Mesa quite a bit, and uh, he goes to the airport right, right down the street. They literally have to shut down the town. I mean, it is, it is insane. But like Jesse Waters said, Democrats will walk barefoot on hot coals to go vote against him. Two aspects of this, and I'll kick it to Josh. So at, at first, I was like, well, you know what? This may actually work out because what it does is it would clear, it should clear the field. If I'm Trump, you say, you know what? Because there are still parts of the country that he is extremely popular and has a lot of influence. And those are the areas that you need to play in. Like him, love him, hate him, or whatever, that's what Biden did, right? He knew there were places that he can't go, so he says, I don't go there. And the places that, that he was going to be able to benefit the candidate you know, your New York's and this, that's, that's where he's going. And so I think Trump has to play that. And ideally in a perfect world, Trump sits back and he looks and he says, okay, well, you know, and plus he's getting older and I still don't think he's going to run. Even though everybody says he's going to run. I still don't think he's going to run, but he says, Hey, I'm going to sit back and influence what I can. And then you endorse him like DeSantis to go on much younger guy, the time's right for him, this and that. Uh, the other side to this, and this is actually what pisses me off. We brought this up a couple of episodes ago, but we didn't really dive into it too much. McConnell's getting exactly what he wants. The whole make it make no mistake about it. Okay, the the GOP establishment did not want Trump candidates to win. Period. Fact is, nine million dollars. McConnell sent nine million dollars to the Murkowski campaign up in Alaska. So you'd say, okay. That must be a close race. And maybe well, I didn't even check to see who won or whatever. Maybe it was a close race. She's running against another Republican. Why would you spend $9 million to back a Republican candidate that's running against another Republican when you're guaranteed to keep that seat because the other Republican was endorsed by Trump and was a, was a Trump candidate? And when you look across the board on the funding that Blake Masters didn't get, 
When you look at J.D. Vance, when uh, Peter Thiel ended up coming in to back his money in. Now, don't get me wrong. McConnell threw some money around. There was a large uh, – some sums that were sent around there. But this is exactly what they wanted because from the very beginning, McConnell and the GOP establishment was like, hey, we're going to take the House. Whether it's 218 or 224 or 250, nobody cares. 218 is all you need. The rest of the fighting will go for the, the Speaker of the House, and it doesn't matter. Biden automatically becomes a lame duck president. You don't really need the Senate. The Senate's there for the judges anyway. Uh, and so McConnell's like, hey, man, this will kill the, you know, the, the Trumpism, the MAGA movement or whatever, and then we just shoot for 2024. And that's essentially what he's going to get, depending on how things turn out. Again, Blake Masters theoretically can still pull it out in, in Arizona. And if Laxalt wins Nevada, uh, it's 51. Okay, so you have some control, and then you have a, a large, and then who knows what happens with Herschel Walker. You could have a significant presence in the Senate and, and in the House. But that was the that was the go all along. Where I've changed is going back to you have to be a net positive. I'm not sure Trump can bring that anymore. Not after what I saw. Not after what I, I've seen with the midterms. Uh, still love his policies. Still love the dude as a president. Um, you know, I, I can't say I was late to this train or late to this conclusion because I think it took the midterms to to define that. But clearly, that is not going to work because I, I, we said in the last episode, this is one of the things I threw out to Josh. If Trump ran the table, it would have been a different story, right? If all of his candidates would have won by five, six, seven, eight points, then you say, you know what? He doesn't have to be appealing to the masses because all you've got to do is win Ohio, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, and you've, you're done. You've locked it up. What DeSantis has done is he, and, and, and everybody's overlooked this, okay? Everybody's looked at this red wave, trickle, whatever the heck you want to call it. It's a red wave, and I'm going to tell you why. And I don't care how the Senate turns out. Florida is a red state. People are missing it. The biggest thing to come out of this outside of the, the GOP taking control of the House and making Biden a lame duck president for the next two years, Florida is a red state. Florida's been purple since, what, two, the last two decades, right? Yeah, I mean, look at how Mi- much uh, Miami Dade, Miami Dade going red. That's a that's a great point because Miami Dade going red is like Travis County, Austin going red. That's a big, big. Deal. Now you can't sleep on it. I mean, you still have to put in the effort, right? You still because that's what the Democrats fail to do down in Miami Dade. Eh, we're good. We're going to flip this thing. We're going to flip this thing. And and DeSantis has done a great job down there. And I think he got helped a lot by the hurricane that we brought up. Timing was there. Uh, maybe it was the good Lord saying, hey, you know, I'm giving you a little nudge here. But he made the right decisions. He made the right calls. Uh, he turned a state that's been purple that even the GOP, even conservatives like us were wondering, like, man, Florida might actually go blue this term. I mean, you just didn't know, right? It's a toss up. Barring something significant happening in, in 2024, it's a red state. That's the wave. That is what you are looking for. Uh, and I think that is uh, that is more significant than what the media uh, you're you're. I take it back. You're even hearing some folks on CNN. They're like, yeah, Florida's done. They're like, it'll be another two decades before they even get another foothold into that area. But like Josh says, you know, <laughs> the GOP is uh, is famous for screwing things up. And, and in, you know, typical fashion, they'll sleep on it and they'll let that creep back in. And all of a sudden it'll be a surprise. But uh, I'll throw it over to Josh. But that's that's my thing. I, I think, you know, Trump's the time has passed. Uh, I think that is evident by the midterms and it's not because I don't like his policies or don't like him, but you have to be a net positive. And right now I think what we've seen in the midterms is more Democrats will walk barefoot over hot coals to vote against him than people will vote for him. 
Yeah, you're spot on, and the GOP comment is spot on too. You know, I always go back to you know Barack's comment Dude, about F those Joe. dudes. F uh, you those know, dudes. I, I always go back to Barack's comment about Joe's, you know, never underestimate Joe's ability to F things up. You know, that's, that's kind of how I view the, the GOP establishment. It's like never underestimate their ability to screw things up. Um, so on the, on the Florida thing. Yeah. So, you know, my home state, uh, got it, got it done. Uh, but I think there's a couple of things in there too. And it wasn't just, it was DeSantis because it was his policies during COVID. And uh, I, I want to get, uh, I'm going to go on a little bit of a diatribe here, but I want to get Luke's uh, Luke's take on this um, first is flipping Miami-Dade red and flipping to some other, you know, uh, historically blue counties red. I think that was helped over the last 24 months of the people who fled California, New York, who fled blue states going to Florida because of DeSantis's, you know, pro, you know, pro-liberty policies. So, but in, I think, right? I don't have any empirical data to, you know, to to back that up. And I also think that that same thing may have hurt Zeldin in New York. Because Zeldin didn't lose that election by much, right? Against Hochul. Um, and so, you know, did conservatives leaving New York and leaving some of these blue states, did it hurt, you know, some of those uh some of those GOP candidates? In, uh, in 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 those states, and I want to get Luke's take on that when I get done with a couple of points um, on this. So, oh, to jump in on Trump, um, yeah, I you know as Roger said, I got off the Trump train a, a long time ago because you know his, his time has passed. Twenty sixteen, he was the right person. You know, I, I I've never been a never Trumper. Um, you know, I voted for I voted for Cruz. You know, in the uh, in the primary. Um, and, uh, you know, after that, it was like once Trump, you know, became the nominee, because I didn't think Trump was going to be the nominee. Once Trump became the, you know, was a nominee, I was all aboard. I was all, you know, I was 100% Trump um, at that point. He saved us from probably eight years of Hillary Clinton. Uh, he got in and he was the ultimate disruptor. Right. I mean, he got in and it was it was a no holds barred and it didn't matter who they were, GOP, Democrat. It like he just took a flamethrower to everything. And it was good. It was very good because that's exactly what we needed. We needed somebody to turn the monopoly board over and set it on fire. And we needed it done in 2016. And that's what Trump did. You know, I, I, I think people need to move on from Trump. Um because at this point, Trump is really he, he he's damaged goods. Uh, you know, we talk about Trump back candidates and a lot of people who are very pro Trump want to throw up his record. It was like, you know, it was like 176 to nine or whatever. Right. For Trump back candidates winning and those, you know, those nine losing. But they never provided any context. So I had somebody throw that up to me and I was like, OK, out of those hundred and seventy something candidates that won, how many of them would have won anyway without Trump's backing? Right. Take a look at that race. You know, it's like, oh, the House member, you know, in this district, you know, in pick a, you know, pick a red state, you know, in Texas, in rural Texas. Right. It's like that guy was going to win anyway. He didn't need Trump's backing. But when you really dig into it, you take a look at Georgia, right? Kemp. Remember Kemp from 2020? Trump. Just, I mean, he went full throttle on Kemp when Kemp refused to, you know, to to overturn the election results in Georgia. 
right? He eviscerated Kemp publicly. Kemp easily defeated Stacey Abrams. Easily. Now, granted, Stacey Abrams, terrible candidate, right? But Kemp's popularity did not pull Walker across a finish line when it should have. Walker was obviously, you know, he 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 attached his, you know, he attached his cart to, you know, to to the Trump horse really really quick. Um and, and you know, now Walker's in a Walker's in a runoff. Um you take a look at, you know, in New Hampshire, Don Bulldock. Don Bulldock was a Trump guy. Did not win, but the governor, Chris Sununu, who came out and <laughs> he 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 said you know at one point I think it was last year year before he called Trump effing crazy. He won. So I, I you know I think at this point Trump's endorsement, unless you're in a very very red you know district county state, Trump's endorsement doesn't help you, and in fact you know it hurts you, and it, you know that's kind of in the same vein of what Roger said about you know. Democrats will walk across, you know, burning coals and broken glass to vote against Trump. And a lot of conservatives aren't going to go to the polls to do it. So I just I, I, I think with the Trump thing, he, he 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 simply needs to go away at this point. Right. DeSantis, historic. Nobody has has, you know, pulled that. You know, he, he won Florida by dude. That was like 20 points. That's how much he won. He pulled out a even Charlie Crist, his in his home county went red. Right? No GOP candidate has pulled that many conservative votes out of Florida ever in history. And what does Trump do the very next day? Well, I won a county, you know, more, you know, by X number of points more than DeSantis did. I got more, I got more votes out of there than DeSantis did. And it's like, what are you doing? Why would you like? Why do you feel the need to come out and, and even even mention that? Um, now, I'll say this, and I'm going to kick it over to uh, you know to Luke for his his opinion on uh, you know the the movers um, you know through through the U.S. during the uh, you know the last two years and if they impacted elections you know in some of these races, um, but it's not all Trump's fault, right? The 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 red wave the red Merkel I love that uh, Ben Shapiro called it the, the red wedding more than the red wave which I thought was uh, I thought was very uh, very good um, it's the GOP's fault and it's that machine that Roger talked about the Mitch McConnell and the machine it's the GOP's fault because they put up crappy candidates they put up terrible candidates you cannot put up terrible candidates and just say well Biden really sucks so people are going to vote for anybody. Well, no. In fact, they won't. Um, you know, and so it, the Democrats have the, the Democrats have some issues too. You know, this this, this wasn't a you know the, they were you know going around and you know praising the fact that there wasn't a red wave and saying this that and the other. It's like, well, you guys didn't didn't perform so well either, because Hispanics turned up in record numbers, record numbers just for Cubans. the GOP, just yeah. Cubans, dude. Nobody just, else. Just Cubans, according to Joy Reid, right? Or maybe whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What an idiot. Um, I've got some numbers on that. 
yeah, Hispanics turned out. Hispanics turned out for the GOP, and the Democrats are realizing now. It's like, oh man, we just can't automatically count them as our, you know, our voter base. Um, you know, and we've said it on this podcast, uh, you know, uh, numerous times. It's amazing and, what happens when you don't call them tacos, right? Right, or or Latinx, you know, whatever the hell that is. Um, but so you know, the Democrats have a problem. Uh, they don't have a viable, well, Joe Biden's, Joe Biden has to be the nominee now for 2024. They don't have a choice. If Joe Biden's alive, he's running for 2024. They don't have a choice. Um, and you know, cause there's nobody else. And, you know, since they, since they, you know, they got some folks back in the office, um, which is just insane. I'm going to say this one last thing. I know I already said that, but I'm gonna do it again. This was probably one of the most bizarre elections outside of 2020 that I've ever seen. Because you guys remember, like, there was a CNN poll or something. It was like, you know, almost 40% said they were dissatisfied with the way the country was going. It was the wrong direction. You know, you had a lot of folks, you know, on both sides saying, you know, the economy's bad, wrong direction, blah, blah. It's like, this should have been an absolute, I mean, this should have been an absolute bloodbath, right? You guys know not one senator and not one Democratic senator or governor lost their seat. Not one. But yet the economy, you know, is in shambles. Well, you don't know that yet. And we're and we're on yet. the we're on the wrong track. Dude, it's no incumbent, no incumbent governor has lost and no incumbent senator is gonna lose. Nevada? Laxalt's not gonna win Nevada? We don't know yet. Yep. Probably. I, I don't know. The longer it takes, here, uh, here, here's an adage for you. The longer it takes to count the vote, the less you should trust the outcome. That's all I'm going to yeah. say on that. Yeah, I think uh, who said it? Uh, somebody said, if this were Guinea-Bissau, where this was going on in Maricopa County, Nevada, uh, I guarantee the State Department would be complaining. And that is absolutely 100% true, having worked with those jackasses before. But they'd be right in this case. So, uh, first of all, before I address Josh's thing about uh, did state migration help or hurt uh, particular candidates, I'll say that, you know, we can talk about, you know, Mitch McConnell uh, sending $9 million to Murkowski to beat Chewbacca and them handling it wrong and Trump and all this and that. But one thing I, I try, I you know, the way I read try to read the tea leaves on stuff like this is not necessarily money. It, although that does make a big difference, uh, it's not necessarily, you know, although Trump does Trump, uh, the, the feelings for or against Trump do play a huge role. I, I try to read the tea leaves based on what I perceive as the general public's feeling about things right now. And going back to what I said earlier, I, I believe we're in a transition time where people are just trying to gather their wits a little bit because we had Trump in 2016 that shocked the system. And as on a side note, I'll echo what Josh and Roger said. I think that Trump was the right person at the right time. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I'm glad he was president from 2016 to 2020. I'm never going to crap on him and say he was an absolutely awful president. I think he was a good president. I think he did a good job. Um, we, we go back and forth on the people he put in around him, especially early on. But again, right place, right time. I'm not crapping on him by saying I'm not going to vote for him again. I'm glad I voted for him last time, last two times. Uh, but it, his time is over. So 
the general attitude and feeling of the people. You had Trump shocking the system. You had COVID, which was a big shock to the system. It wasn't a shock to us because we saw it all coming and everybody listening saw and understood what was going on. But we're still kind of in a daze a little bit. And yes, this was a very odd election because there are a lot of factors at play right now. I do say, and we've all three of us have said, this is really going to come to a head in 2024. And then we're going to see what's what. I'm, I'm predicting 2024 won't be anything like this. Uh, I think it will be DeSantis, probably maybe Biden. I think that would be a huge mistake. But I think people are going to kind of get their feet under him and understand, you know, Biden's going to expose himself even more over the next two years. I don't know if he'll run again or not. I think I agree with Josh. Roger, go ahead. So what happens uh, in the primary? Let's say Trump says he, he's going to run. In your mind, how, do, how does that play out with DeSantis, assuming DeSantis wants to run? Uh, I think that in my, okay, because I, I could be 120% wrong on this, just, but I'm basing this on what I've seen over the past month. I think Trump is going to become unhinged and I think he's going to expose himself. And that's why I think, Maybe he won't run. Maybe he won't. Because he you got to remember, man, with Trump, it's all about branding and money, right? And if he is, he's not an idiot. He's, yeah, but his ego gets in the way so much. I, I would like to give him credit enough to think that he's looking at, you know, Twitter and all this. Oh, he's not, he's not looking at Twitter anymore. He's got a fake account out there somewhere. He's looking at it, but <laughs> you know he does. <laughs> yeah, he's got to. But he's got to be seeing that that DeSantis's wave is rising. And to kind of go back to your question, what happens if he runs? I think he's going to get shellacked. I think people are going to start turning their backs on him. I, I really believe that. Uh, you, you, Roger, you sent something a second ago. Do you want to? Did you read through the whole thing? Do you want to kind of comment on that? Before I go on, yeah. So basically, th there's already been some some shots over the bow, and he put out on Truth Social, uh, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can go on there and look at it, but he's basically everybody's backing Governor Ron DeSanctimonious, an average Republican governor with great public relations who didn't have to close up his state, but did, and like other Republican governors, yada yada yada. And then he kind of goes into a little bit of history, talking about his run against uh, Andrew Gillum, and then back in 2017 when. Uh, he was desperate, politically dead, losing in a landslide uh, back when he was running against Adam Putnam. Uh, basically, how Trump, you know, yes, I'm going to endorse you, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring you along, right? Uh, so he puts out three posts on that, and I'll kick it back to you or Josh or whoever. I, my, because he has alluded to, I have some dirt on you, which you can't necessarily take at face value because he said that before at the White House, you know, things on tape or whatever. So it makes me wonder, it's like, well, one, does he does he truly have dirt on him? Uh, what's the point of throwing this out unless you don't have something else there? Uh, and, and we're saying all this, there's still a long ways to go. I mean, there's still, I mean, he may announce on November 15th, which he's, I think he's dumb if he does that. I think you wait for the runoff in Georgia before you make any type of announcement. But there's a lot that can happen in the next year with Trump and DeSantis. I mean, you just never know, right? I mean, the, the, the political season, a lot can turn on, on a dime, but... Long story short, he basically fired another round that, that's pretty aggressive. And, and initially when Josh kicked out uh, something that he said last week, I was like, yeah, it depends on context. 
here, everybody knows the context, right? So right now, the way I see it, and I think that, that the way a lot of people see it kind of in the backs of their minds, you can talk about January 6th and uh, stop the steal and all this stuff. The bottom line, cheating or not, no matter what happened in the 2020 election, Trump lost. He lost. And I happen to know a little bit behind the scenes, Trump was not, he did not have lawyers in the right place that night. And, and leading, he had to, it, it, he had to scramble to send lawyers to Georgia. He should have, that's where Carrie Lake is on point. She, she learned from Trump. He's like, I have all my lawyers in place. I'm ready to go. Trump effed that up, man. He just did. I don't care. He didn't have hardly anyone in Pennsylvania. Trump and okay, the RNC because they weren't helping him. They weren't go helping ahead, him. Go ahead, Josh. No, yeah. And you know why you know why he didn't have lawyers in, in the right places, Luke? Because his ego told him, everybody loves me. There's no way I can lose. There's no way. Because I am effing Donald J. Trump. That's why he didn't have lawyers in the right places. I agree with you there. And back to back to my original thing is that he lost. Okay. Jesus. Here we go, Roger. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> so <laughs> he lost. In the in the backs of everyone's mind, he's a loser. Right now he's a loser. He is. He lost the last election. Dude couldn't even get reelected. Okay. And right now, tr- uh, DeSantis is a rising star. He's a winner. So Trump is, I, you know. I think he's like he's acting like a child. He's really acting like a child. And this stuff is going to come to the forefront. It really really is. I mean, I know Trump has a has a an excitable base. I understand that. But half those I'd say half those people in that crowd, I mean, they're not exactly like us. But they're discerning. They can see these things. This is a childish little swipe at DeSantis because you know he's ahead of you right now, bro. I guarantee you do a poll right now of all Republicans. Who do you want you know, to run, Trump or DeSantis? DeSantis is going to win that poll, probably 66 to 33. As things stand today. You know, and I, I Kurt Schlichter, and I saw that Josh just, just liked the post, actually. I think it was Josh. No, 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 it was Damon. Shout out to Damon. Damon, Damon is a loyal follower of our Twitter, and we appreciate you, Damon. Thank you. I wish more people out there were like Damon. We're hoping to get Grant <laughs> on that Twitter train, too, man. We appreciate it, Damon, for real, man. Thank you. But Kurt Schlichter uh, put something out. Somebody somebody tweeted. He said, uh, Trump is Trump, a proven winner and fighter. I live in Florida. I like DeSantis, but he's no Trump, at least not yet. Love all the crybabies and turncoats, weak people. So Schlichter came back and said, to be a turncoat assumes you owe loyalty. We owe nothing to any politician. They owe us loyalty. We should drop them the second they fail to perform, your premise is flawed. I 100% agree with that. And I don't think Trump sees it that way. I think, oh, to be fair to Trump, I don't think, think most politicians see it that way. It's like, man, dude, they owe us. And it's like, you know, I love DeSantis' acceptance speech. Because I, I couldn't see that coming from Trump. DeSantis thanked everyone. Did not ref- reference himself once. He thanked his staff. He thanked the voters. He's like, you know, he... In his acceptance speech, he was like, and I know people didn't, you know, I can't, I'm not quoting him verbatim, but I know not everybody voted for me, but I'm going to continue to govern this state for everyone. And it's like, man, dude, okay, I can get on that. Good stuff. So 
Curse which is uncommon because he's a seal. I mean, normally he would just write a no, book. No, he, he wasn't he, a seal. He he's, not a, he's not he a seal. He was an aviator, wasn't he? He was a JAG officer. Oh, a JAG Oh, he went to I Buds love, or whatever. I love saying that word, JAG officer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I, I have no idea why. So, um, so to Josh's, Josh's question, I'll kick it to Roger again. Did state migration help or hurt certain candidates? I don't know, man. It's hard to tell because you remember uh, you're always giving you're always hassling me about all the Californians moving to Texas going to turn it blue, and I see that a little bit. I mean, in my little community I live in here, you know, about 1,100 people, we got a few people from California who've moved in, and that a few of them have kept their politics. It's an interesting question, right? Uh, are the conservatives moving out? of California, New York, you know, all these states, or is the liberal who realizes their house is worth, you know, their crap ass house that would be worth $130,000 in Texas is worth 750,000 and they can buy a mansion in Texas for that. Are they selling their house and moving and keeping their politics when they come back? I don't know. You you know, you kind of have to see the numbers on that. I definitely think it made an impact. Like you said, up in New York with, uh, with the Hochul race, um, I definitely think that made an impact. I mean, you take, well, 40,000 people. I mean, the, the numbers moving out in New York to Florida are staggering. I don't know if it's 40,000. It's probably a lot, though, over the past two years, um, which is interesting because I saw that the the stock for U-Haul today took a big hit. What's up with that? Mm. I don't know, but massive hit, dude. It went from like what three hundred something to fifty six dollars. That's crazy. Like it's mad, dude. Insane. It was overvalued. I probably sneak back up. So, yeah, because of you guys' uh, little interruptions there, I was all over the place. I'm gonna blame y'all, just like <laughs> just like Roger Blaze McConnell for everything. But again, I, I want to reiterate. Uh, I think the state of the nation and the mood is a little bit confused. People are falling back on what they're comfortable with, which is voting for who they usually vote for. I think independents were a little confused on this one. Uh, And of course, you know, after that night, as I'm watching all this come in, I don't know how you guys felt, you know, but, and Josh and I were kind of on the, on the horn with Isaac at the time. But the way I felt was like, I didn't feel like I was wrong in thinking there was going to be a red tsunami, but I thought, oh, well, of course it went this way because why, what else way would it go? I I, I don't know. It felt, it felt kind of strange. I think a lot of the, so one, I think there was definitely something, and and I I know that there are some folks that are diving into the data as far as people relocating liberals and conservatives. I think a large part is there's no one thing, right? It it wasn't just Trump. It wasn't just, you know, part of the country liberal. There's a whole bunch. Another large piece of this is Republican messaging. It was just horrible. So, because here's the thing, like let's take abortion for an example. Now, abortion generally was not one of the top three, you know, primary concerns for most voters couple of spots in the country it was, but most places it wasn't. And I heard this on the drive back home the other day that the GOP collectively made a decision to not come out with abortion messaging. And I don't understand that. So you sit there and you let basically one side play their argument and you don't rebut it. Because here's a, here's a great 
Here's uh, you said forty one thousand eight hundred eighty five New Yorkers moved to Florida so far, and, and so it's significant. And we've seen it in the census, right? I mean, I think they actually gained two seats yeah. uh, in the House, if I'm not mistaken. But you know, going back to the abortion thing, that's a, you know what that, that that's not even a question for a senator, because if I was a Senate candidate and you asked me, hey, what do you think about abortion? This I think the Supreme Court ruling was right, and I think it goes back to the states. And as a citizen of the state of Kansas, Nebraska, New York, whatever, you will vote. Uh, whatever decision that you want. That's the answer. Right. The GOP made a collective decision not to come out with, with abortion messaging. So when you look at those places like Michigan, when you look at those places, because when you look across the board, especially New York and even a lot, except Michigan, Michigan did go uh, all blue for the first time. But a lot of these races were close, super, super, super close. That shouldn't have been close. Uh, A lot of them went blue anyway, but I blame it on, on messaging. Here's the other piece of this, and I'll, I'll get Josh's opinions on this. So you look at messaging, and th- there's a couple issues here we can conflate, uh, purposely using that word. Mail-in balloting is here. Early voting is here. Okay? The GOP needs to embrace this, and you need to take advantage of it. Because here is a prime example, and then I'll, and I'll kick it over to Josh. So in Pennsylvania, you can early vote for five weeks, okay? So here's what happens. Josh is a lazy turd. He he eats Cheetos, and he drinks Mountain Dew, and he plays Xbox all day, and he doesn't have a job. I can hear you. It's PlayStation. It's PlayStation, (laughs) not Xbox. (laughs) So normally, Josh would not want to vote. He couldn't care less because of whatever, okay? I've got five weeks to hound Josh to finally, you know, that like that one day when you wake up and you're like, that's it, man. You know, my jeans don't fit right. Uh, you know, my gut's hanging over the belt. I- I'm running today. I'm eating right today, right? Now, that diet and that workout plan doesn't last more than like 14 hours. But within that 14 hours, I get Josh, <laughs> Josh like I can still hear you. In that 14 hours, I get Josh to the polling station. I've got five weeks to motivate him to go down with me to the polling station to vote once. And then maybe he goes back to eating Cheetos and Mountain Dew or whatever. But that's the point. You have five weeks of early voting and five weeks of these folks. When I went to go visit my, my daughter in Georgia, uh, we got a knock on the door and I opened up and you know what it was? It was a 23 year old, 24 year old young black lady uh, wearing a Stacey Abrams shirt, trying to convince me to vote for Stacey Abrams. Nice lady. You know, uh, I was like, ah, sorry, you know, you came to the wrong place, whatever. But they're doing that for five straight weeks because, by God, she I'm sure she had a ballot ready for me to sign and fill out to take it to the ballot box. And Republicans say, you know what? No, we don't believe in it. And this is an, another Trump failure, right? Another flaw uh, back in the 2020 election. No, we're going to put everything on Election Day. Everything rides on Election Day. And then you get what happens in Nevada where you get a snowstorm that comes in in the northern part of Reno or a lot of folks just can't make it out there, or you get power outages, or you get the tabulation machines. And it's like, hey, guys, gals, we don't have to go into Election Day being down by 300,000 votes. We can close that gap because those Cheeto eaters and Mountain Dew drinkers, uh, Republicans, you can go after them as well. Fetterman had how many hundreds of thousands of votes before Election Day? 53% of Fetterman's votes were mail-in ballots uh, early voting. Yeah. And so you've had those folks next door that you had five weeks to go beat them up on because today is the day that I'm going to start the diet. Today is the day that I'm going to work out. And that's the day they go vote, they cast their ballot, and they're done. 
The GOP won't do, they're not playing that game. They said, no, nope, no, nope, don't trust the system. Don't trust the process. Okay. I don't trust it as well, but that is what we have right now. And you have to use it. And it's time for the GOP to embrace this because if not, and Josh has said this a million times over, uh, the more, or the farther we continue down this road of, of early voting, mail-in ballots, this and that, and the GOP doesn't embrace it. It's a matter of time before you start losing every race. And so when I look at the overall turnout on the issues, because it's mind boggling to me when you look at what's going on with the economy and gas and groceries and this and that, it it all comes down to piss poor messaging. And so I I guess what I want to ask Josh is this. So do you think, is there something different than what the Democrats are doing now that the Republicans need to do to embrace that early voting, uh, to embrace that, uh, Hey, get out the vote, rock the vote, you hear it for a month. I mean, what, what else does the GOP have to do? Or do they just play the same game that the Democrats are doing? No. So the GOP, first off, uh, needs to synchronize their messaging because, you know, they, again, who who's the leader of the GOP? Is it Mitch McConnell? Right? Is he the leader of the GOP? Or is Trump the leader of the GOP? Like, who's the leader? If you have, if you cannot immediately identify this is the leader of my party, right? You have a problem because whose messaging are you listening to? There's, there is no messaging. The GOP is right now. It's a rudderless ship. There's been, you know, you, you know, once 2020, once that election was over. Uh, you, you really didn't hear a whole lot out of the GOP by and large as far as like, okay, this is our platform. This is our messaging. This is what we're going to do. Hey, all you GOPers, you know, running in state elections. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about, you know, you know, senators and, and, and House of Representatives. I'm talking about down to the local level, mayors, you know, county commissioners. Like I'm down to the lowest level. This, this is the party. This is the platform. Here's your talking points. This is our strategic communication plan, you know, and this is what we're doing. Uh, you don't have that. Nobody, nobody is doing that. And I think that was one of the things that, you know, really helped Ron DeSantis in, in Florida because Ron DeSantis, he came out and he said, okay, you know, this is what we're doing. And he, you know, and everybody knows he, he only beat Andrew Gillum by like 30,000 votes. It was close. It was very close. Right. And, you know, in that time, he's come out and he has been, you know, very steadfast. His communication team, and we talk, you know, we talk about him all the time. Christina Pushaw, uh, you know, now his campaign um, spokesperson, Jeremy Redfern, uh, you know, one of his other spokesmen, and I forget who the, uh, his, you know, the deputy is, um, but they were, they are fantastic on social media. Absolutely fantastic. Right strategic communicators they don't sit there and you know a lot of these accounts you know these well everybody's verified now hell but before a lot of the verified accounts would you know they take shots at ron desantis you know charlie christ um and uh you know the uh the agriculture commissioner i've already already Friedman. yeah nikki she lose she lost to charlie well yeah she lost to charlie christ and so she resigned her she she left her position yeah to to run right so yeah Right now, this is the first time in uh, the history of Florida, all the uh, state appointed uh, or I say appointed all the state elected positions are GOP. Um, the first time in history. Well, since, yeah, since Reconstruction. Um, so, like, they never let, they did, Charlie Chris and Nikki Fried did not put out one tweet that 
DeSantis's combo team, his PAOs, you know, basically did not respond to and with facts, right? They responded to it with facts. DeSantis got out. DeSantis is like, okay, here's my platform. Here's what you're running on. This is, you know, family first, you know, parents, you, you know, your your kids belong to you. Kids don't belong to the state. They don't belong to the teachers. You make the decisions for your kids, right? Not teachers. Uh, You know, he went up against Disney, you know, took their Reedy Creek district away from him. Um, You know, DeSantis had a, you knew where he stood on the issues and he continuously put his message out there, right? What did Lindsey Graham do in September? Came out and was like federal ban on, you know, 15 week ban on abortion. And you're like, what are you doing? What do like, you got Roe v. Wade overturned, something that people never thought would happen. And why, like, why did you come out and, you know, begin in September coming up on the midterms and say, we're going to push for, you know, 15 week federal ban on abortion. And the movement That's, was dying on the left at that point. The movement, I, yes. It, it was yes. already. All they done. did was energize. If you go back and you look at the numbers, you go back and look at the numbers, single women broke for Democrats at the poll by 31 points. Single women. Right. The numbers were dying by that time on the, you know, the on the left about the abortion thing. They were dying. All Lindsey Graham, all you did was re-energize them. Young voters, Generation Z, Generation Z showed up at the polls. Why? Because the Democrats were very good and very smart to get them engaged. They were out, like you said, they were out knocking on doors. You know, and I asked this question earlier in our text. How many people, how many of the GOP, how many of them going to Georgia right now? How many of them are beating their, you know, beating the streets in Grady County, you know, rural county down south? How many of them beating on the streets, knocking on doors, saying, "Hey, December 6th, you got to get out, and vote for Herschel Walker." I, I'm going to go ahead and say none. This GOP sucks. The GOP has to, and I'll turn it over to you. Well, Luke, Ted Cruz is out there right now. Uh, Ted Cruz is out there. I, I do believe. I, I know I'm jumping in here. I do believe because they're not sure what's going to happen with Nevada and Arizona. Ted Cruz is out there. Kemp has already said he's going to back them. The good thing is there is no early voting. It all happens on one day, I believe. Yep. Is that correct? So, I think so. You know, that's, uh, that could play in his favor, but if the GOP is smart going on to what you're saying, every swinging Dick, Tom, and Harry and Lisa out there that holds some type of influence or leadership for the GOP should be in Georgia. Every day you should have a high-profile name out there on the streets, giving a speech, holding a rally, doing whatever you got to do. Yep. No. And so I'll say this real quick and then give it to Luke. Mail-in voting. You're absolutely right. Mail-in voting. I think it should be illegal, but it's not. I, I, mail-in voting is here to stay. It's never going to go away. COVID, COVID went ahead and codified it. Um, the GOP needs to get on board with that. The early voting. I don't like early voting because I wonder, and it'll come out in, you know, in, in time. I wonder how many people in Pennsylvania watched that Fetterman Oz debate and was like, man, I want to take back. I really want to take back on my vote because we just, you know, we just sent a, a brain damaged Uncle Fester, you know, to to Congress. Um, so, but the GOP has to embrace it. But first, the GOP needs to get their communication straight before they before they do anything. Are you, else. are you GOP? I'm a conservative. I'm not GOP. Okay, so uh, you know, we we talked about this earlier today, and I, I'm. <laughs> I've got a really busy schedule, as we all three do, right up until, what is it, December 6th is when the election is? Yeah, yeah. I think it's December okay, 6th it's or December 6th. 8th one. Like, I, I'm booked, bro. 
I, I'm I'm completely booked. I think the only week I have off is uh is Thanksgiving week. I'm doing something next week. I'm uh, doing something the week after Thanksgiving and the week after that. Uh and that takes you right up to December sixth. So you know, Josh kind of triggered me a little bit today, you know, with in the text group. He's like, GOP needs to get out there, be on every street corner. It's like, well, do you believe in it? And I, I turn it back on myself. I'm like, do I believe in it? I have some friends in Georgia that are going to be there campaigning. I was like, maybe I should put my money where my mouth is and get on the street corner instead of putting it on McConnell and Cruz and all these people. Maybe I need to be there. And Josh was thinking the, same, thinking the same thing after we talked about it. You know, but unfortunately, we're, we're working stiffs. So don't know if I'll be able to make it. But, you know, it's not all just on the big time, you know, donors that have the money. And Cruz has been on the Herschel train for quite some time. He's on Tucker like the past four weeks talking about Herschel Walker. I don't know if Herschel Walker has pictures of Cruz playing poker with Satan or something. But <laughs> I, I don't know. There's something going on there. But it's like, you know, at some point. I, I'm not going to say Josh needs to, but I need to put my money where my mouth is with stuff like this. If I, if I really believe in the cause, which in this case, to be honest with you, I don't know if I do. I'm, I'm kind of like, you know what? Like I said earlier, let's, let's let the dust settle and see where we stand in 2024. But I'm telling you right now, I'm going to get way, way more involved than I ever have been in you know, but up there's a difference. There's a difference because you don't have we not to say we shouldn't be involved. I get it. We, we should. And, and I was talking to my, my boy uh, about this earlier and talking to my wife. You should be as involved as, as possible, but you don't have the same clout as a Ron DeSantis. No, I know. Or but Ted if you're, Cruz. I, I get and it. when when you go back to what Josh was saying with with this top down, because this is my my other thing I was going to say, and I'll, I'll kick it back to you. Every one of the people that was leading, like you had the DCCC, right? The person who was responsible, who, who lost, uh, the person who was responsible for for getting all the House folks reelected. Chef Boyardee. Same, yeah. The same thing that that Josh doesn't like my text to speech or speech to text or whatever. All you D, all you RNC leaders that were responsible for this should be fired. That's the reality of it. And I'm not saying fired from their positions as you know congressmen and and, and whatever. But if you are the leadership of, of the RNC, because you know what? We ran out of money, right? We ran out of money on, on, on the right. Do you know what happened uh, in September? You know where Rick Scott was, the guy who controls the Senate funding? He went to Italy because I'm going to take a three-week vacation right before the midterms knowing that that we're broke. That's what I'm talking about. I get what you're saying, and I agree with it. But the, the RNC leadership themselves are not as involved and engaged okay. as what they need I, to be. Uh, and... They should all be fired. That's okay, how you well, fix that. You Roger, Roger is the world heavyweight champion of interrupting me during this podcast. I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Rocky. Yes. Sound bar, baby. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, of course, I don't have the clout. I don't have the money or anything like that. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you this. If I did go, I'd coordinate with some people who are there under some big time money. They're... You know, they have, they're part of a pack that is bringing in people like the three of us to go knock on doors or, you know, go to certain events, make certain speeches. I guarantee the three of us could convince somebody to show up that day. I promise you that at least one person. So again, like, yeah, I get it. It's, it's the big money and all this stuff, but at the end of the day, it's grassroots. It's grassroots, man. 
And we're grassroots. We can't keep putting it off on other people. George is a long way away, a long way from me. It's actually a long way from Josh too. What six hours, Josh? It's not not yeah, close. It's Atlanta. like five and a half, six hours. Yeah, it's. But again, I you know, all I'm saying is, we've got to find a way to get more involved. The power truly is with the people. It should be with the people. But instead, we're talking about Ted Cruz and these multi-million dollar packs. It's just. It's freaking ridiculous. You know what? You're absolutely uh, right, but it's hard to do that when the leadership is fighting against you. I understand that. So leadership's got to freaking go. That's why it's on all. We were talking about this earlier today. It's like Roger was saying, I'm, uh, you know, violating privacy laws here. But he was saying, you know what? I run from I run for office. and I probably win if he was local. And I have no doubt he would. He's a smart guy. He's well. He's well spoken for an Asian. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> He's well spoken. You're smart enough to put together, you know, uh, some power—not powerful people, but good people around you. But what did you say? Yeah, you can you can make that motion all the time, all all you want. But what did you say? The money's not there. It's yep. just not. And and that's that's true. You've got to be like a partner at a law firm who continues to get you know whatever residuals from your contract that you signed you know four years ago to run for that kind of office, so you have a second income. You know, I, it's just normal folks like us is very difficult to get involved. Uh, well, in the electoral process, school board's easy, right? It doesn't require too much of your time. But if you want to be a representative of your, you know, of the people you live around, that's tough, man. You almost got to be rich to begin with. So I don't know. It's kind of an aside, but so last night we were like, we're, we've been talking. Should we get verified just for kicks? verified on Twitter. Should we pay the $8 a month to get verified? I'm like, I don't know. Roger and I are like, ah, you know, Josh too. We're like, I don't know. Let's, let's see how this shakes out. Right. So last night I, I was texting Josh and I was like, I was using the emojis like the little millennials and Gen Zers. And I was like, we don't need no. And I, I put the little emoji for blue, you know, it's a blue circle and then a black check mark. It's like, we don't need no blue check. Right. And I was like, Oh, that's a good idea. Let's try to put that in the, uh, in our name. Just that the the blue emoji in the check and Twitter's way ahead of that one. They won't let you do that. <laughs> so, so that's kind of funny. What I'm seeing though, Roger, on Twitter, and I, I know you're on there. You, you creep around. You're a troll. You're a Twitter troll. Like you don't troll people. You troll through and just watch. You're a watcher. You're like a <laughs> they little call them voyeurs. Tom. Yes, you're a voyeur. Although you do like some stuff sometimes. What I'm seeing is, and some from some people I actually respect who are verified like Brett Weinstein, for instance, like he's a, uh, uh, what is it? Bio, he's a biologist anyway, uh, really smart dude. But everyone who was verified is complaining right now about anyone being able to be verified. AOC and Musk had their little spat about it. And I think that, I think it's hilarious. I, I don't, I, I'd like to say that you know, I, I've been finding Twitter a lot of fun the past few days, and I don't know if that's my bias coming in or if that's something that happened with, uh, you know, they pulled some of the algorithms. I'm seeing stuff I didn't see before. Uh, I hope it's not my bias. We're like, oh, Musk is good, so I like it better now. I hope it's not that, but I have been enjoying it the last few days. What I've been particularly enjoying is these people who were verified complaining about people like Culper's Canteen Cup being able to be pay, being able to pay to be verified. And I think I made a comment on, I think it's Brett Weinstein's post where he was he was complaining. It's like, well, just anybody can do it now. I mean, what, what credibility do they have? It's like, we reach a few people. 
we reach about three people who listen to us and they give us feedback and we talk about uh, stuff they want us to talk about on this show. Does that make us any less like credible than somebody who reaches more people or happens to be a journalist who happened to get a job at NMSNBC and they suck and they're stupid? I mean, it's like, so what, man? We're spreading the wealth. You people like communism and it's necessarily communism, but it's like, let's make everybody equal, you know? And God forbid equity somebody equity that's right god forbid that somebody gets on there and says that they're george w bush and uh you know says a bunch of crazy things and they're verified because they paid eight dollars god forbid that i see that and i'm like is that really george w bush and i have to make a couple of clicks to check on my own and make a discerning judgment that that ain't george w bush it's like i don't know i, I kind of like it roger what what are your thoughts I think I think now that not being verified is going to be the the thing that cool kids do. Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, it's kind of like uh, I don't have a whole lot of tattoos. I only have one, and you know, it, it became cool to get whole sleeves done and this and that. And now, you know, I go to the gym. Well, back when I used to go to the gym, it was uh, I'm the only dude without the tattoos. So you know, I'm like I'm the cool kid. But it, it, in all fairness, Josh it, it spends a lot of time. He spends more time on Twitter than what I do, and probably what you do. So he probably sees more value in it. And I agree with you, man. I mean, you have the verification process there. It's uh, I, I remember before where the blue check mark, when they first came out, it was like, you have to have like significant uh, influence, you know, type thing. <laughs> and, and it's like, well, what does that mean? What is, what does significant influence mean? Uh, and of course I mean off duty hours, you know, when you, you're up pretty late doing a lot of tweets and all that stuff. So and on occasion, I do troll when I get on there, and I, I like and comment and, and retweet. And I did say you're, you know, during, you know, after hours, yeah, it's like late eight, nine, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night. He's on all over Twitter as our social medias are. Okay. That's uh, <laughs> 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 but it might be worth it. And and you know what? I I don't. I it's funny because that's the same argument that I actually use with my son that your sphere of influence is a lot greater than what you think it is. And, you know, it was funny because somebody was bagging on one of our accounts and uh, he had like 500,000 followers and he made a comment and was like, ha, 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 loser, you and your 112 followers or whatever it was. He had three likes. So it's like you, you have 500,000 followers and you had three people like your comment. Okay. Out of our hundred followers, we'll have three likes. I mean, we'll have at least three because of us three, but we'll probably have three in addition to what we have. So your sphere of influence is a lot greater than what it is because I like to believe that the folks that follow us, the folks that, that are engaged with us, uh, one, we have dialogue back and forth, but they also take that message out, right? They're taking it out to their spouses, their significant others, their kids, and that's what I tell my son. It's not that you necessarily have the audience of 100,000 people, but it's the fact that you and your five friends, you convince them, you influence them, they're going to take that home and influence their friends. They're going to influence you know, their significant others. So I think our sphere of influence is a lot greater. And, and, and I hate the number thing anyway. I mean, now you're talking about with, with, with Twitter, the, the verification that I guess some of these folks back in the day were like paying $20,000. Like, dude, we are yeah. in the wrong business. We need to start like the the C3, whatever it is that we're going to call it. I'll give you all the F and blue check marks that you want for $20,000. I mean, it's crazy, you know? And you know, it, it, it's, it's actually a great transition because what happens is you get these people like Luke was talking about 
these experts that go into MSNBC, and we mentioned a little bit of this, it is amazing to me. So I, I drove back home from Savannah, Georgia. We did it four days back to Phoenix. And there was obviously a lot of news. Thank God for Sirius XM because I just, today's music just sucks. And I, I can imagine hearing that loop over and over again. So I, I did some flipping, man. I went through CNN, uh, MSNBC, a lot of Fox News. And what kills me with these folks, how can you be a multi-million dollar business and especially during the election coverage, have no local expertise? It kills me. These people know, I would almost say, and, and maybe that. Josh, our, our social media is our, put this in your notes. We need to do this for next time because we actually need to reach out to our listeners because here's the deal. Like when I hear what Fox News is talking about, <laughs> when I hear what Fox News is talking about Arizona and they send Alicia Cunez out here or whatever and they're like, oh, she's got a Hispanic last name. We'll send her to Arizona. She'll fit right in. She knows nothing about Arizona politics and I don't know where she's from, but I'm telling you, listening to her, she knows nothing about the nuances of Maricopa County and Arizona politics. And then she reports that back to... Uh, you know, the Fox News folks, and that goes out nationwide and that becomes a narrative. It's like, no, that's not the case. Has anybody even heard that Blake Masters actually has a chance to win the Senate seat? They are, they are automatically jumping on Georgia. And it's like, dude, there are 600,000 votes and he's down by 95,000. Now, it, it, it's a lot worse position than Kerry Lake, who's down by 12 or 13,000 or whatever it is, 14,000 now. Uh, there's, it's much easier for her to make up, but he is well within striking distance to win this thing. You don't hear any of that because they don't know the layout uh, of Maricopa County and of Arizona politics. So it makes me wonder, Josh, when you look at like the zucchini that got elected out in Pennsylvania with Fetterman, I'd be curious to know, hey, what do the locals think out there? What's the energy out there? Do, do you drive down the street and you see every other house has a Fetterman sign and nothing on Oz? Th those local things. So I think maybe in the future, in my opinion, it'd be nice to, especially with, with our listeners, we cover at least three states. Uh, hey, what's on the ground out there? Like, what's the energy out there? What's the vibe out there? Because I'm telling you, our local listeners, you know, when we look at other races, especially with... Uh, Pennsylvania, New York, those places. I mean, we've obviously got a good line on Texas. We got a great line. You know, at the very beginning, Luke was like, yeah, Beto, no way. Because he knows what's going on out there. He knows the nuances. He knows the lay of the land. Uh, Josh has got a pretty good tie-in with North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. And obviously me out here with Arizona. And we provide a lot more insight, I think more accurate insight, than a lot of these national news networks. So I don't know. Maybe it's worth something, Josh, that uh, we tie in some of our local listeners out there, kind of like Cajun conservative. You know, we've talked to him about it. Hey, what are the local politics out there? And what's the local vibe? What's, what's the energy like out there? Because uh, I think the, the media just misses that. Yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're spot on. And I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, man, why didn't we think, you know, why didn't we think of that before? Let's engage our, our listeners. Um, that's brilliant. Uh, you know, water is wet. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Rogers, the Hannah Barbera sound, you know, laugh track. Um, yeah, no, I think we do. I think we do try and keep a good pulse, you know, on, on what's going on, on what's going on. And we, you know, we, we do need to, uh, you know, to engage those folks more. And so, you know, I'll say, you know, Ryan, you know, up in, uh, up in Northern Virginia, you know, he's constantly pushing us stuff, you know, from, uh, from his local, you know, what the local school board is doing and the, you know, what, what the, you know, what the people at the coffee shop are, are, are talking about, what they're saying. Right. You know, because he, he's there every day. He lives there and he understands, you know, this is what people care about. This is what, you know, gets people, you know, this is what gets them going. Um, and 
you know, this is what they're, they're, they're not going to tolerate. Uh, when, especially, you know, when you're talking about Northern Virginia, Fairfax County, you know, Prince William, uh, Loudoun County, everybody remembers the school board nonsense in Loudoun County. Uh, you know, it, it's, it is imperative and, you know, we do need to, uh, we do need to engage our listeners more and, you know, maybe one day when, uh, when C3, you know, is as big as Joe Rogan, it, we won't have to worry about engaging our, you know, listener, we can engage our listeners and then we can go get on the ground with them. And, uh, you know, we can travel the, uh, you know, the States as, as these things are happening, uh, you know, we can be there on the ground and, you know, Luke won't have to go visit the Chaz, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> a, a year after the fact, like he can be there as it's happening, uh, you know, to, to get that breaking, uh, that breaking reporting. Cause you know, there are some days, man, and you know, obviously, you know, life, uh, kind of prohibits it, but I would love nothing more than to go spend a couple weeks on the border, uh, you know, with, with, with Bill Magellan, uh, from, uh, from Fox and a really like, okay, this is what's, you know, Bill this who? Is what's, this is what have Bill, Bill who? um, I, you know what, dude? I can't pronounce his last name. You know what? You kiss my ass. You you can kiss my ass. You you caught me though. You it's caught your Achilles you caught heel. Me. It's your Achilles heel. But, but it, we should actually send you. We should actually send you over the border. Strap a GoPro to you. Take all your credentials and actually live stream you coming back into America uh, to see how easy it is. Dude, we might be onto something there. And we can live it. We can live stream it over, uh, you know, StreamYard <laughs> on Facebook or something like that. The, uh, you know, I, th- that was really good, uh, you know, with the Cajun Conservative, the live stream. I, I think we need to do more of those, um, you know, especially as things are, you know, as things are happening and stuff. Well, and You remember back in the day, back when Facebook was cool, when uh, we would get on the debates. And I, I think all three of us did it. Uh, well, at least we all three participated. And we would start a, a message thread on Facebook yep. during the debates. <laughs> and that was yeah. a lot of fun. And I think, I don't know, I think our audience might might get with that a little bit. Well, I think one of us got banned. Of, yeah, oh, that's right. Oh, shoot. So, uh, dang it. Who, who got banned? <laughs> well, social, it wasn't me and it wasn't you. The social medias are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's kind of well, that's kind of new. I, I haven't. Uh, I don't think we've recorded since uh, the official work came through. So the official uh, my appeal came back from the uh, the book of faces, and it was denied. Uh, so for you folks out there, um, yeah, I did not unfriend you. Uh, Facebook permanently deleted my uh, so my my Facebook account. What what was the final straw? Uh, I, I don't remember what it was a meme, right? It was a Hunter. So Biden it was meme, right? a meme. Yeah. And it was the, uh, the picture of Hunter Biden in the bathtub with the crack pipe. And, uh, above it, it was like, man, I hope gas prices don't get too high. And then it's Hunter Biden with a crack pipe and it says, you know, <laughs> gas prices. Um, so <laughs> that was, uh, they, the, the wording on that and I'm, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here was, I posted a sexually explicit photo without consent. That was what? there. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. It was just him in the bathtub, right? It was just him in a bathtub. And all you, you do, you can only see him from like the chest up. Wow. Right. So but that was, uh, that was their determination. You, you had had a lot of warnings previous <laughs> to that, right? Look, I mean, look, man, I, I'm not going to say that it was my first time for sure. Right. I mean, you know, I was by that point, like I was old hat, like I had the teardrop tattoo, you know, the spider web on my elbow. Like, yeah, man, I, 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 I was seasoned. I was like a so, good cast iron skillet. And Facebook's kind of in the toilet right now uh, because Zuckerberg, with his freaking moronic plan for Meta, it was not ready. 
maybe five years from now it it would be ready. But he, I think what he was thinking was, uh, well, look how uh, the remote learning went during COVID. That's probably going to happen again. Uh, Let's, let's, let's dive into this head first. And it, it really came back and bit him, but okay. So with Facebook business decision to ban Josh, um, in my mind, Roger, they're banning Josh. So that's the business decision is by banning him, we are, he's, he's basically toxic, right? This is the business. He's toxic. So he's driving people away from the platform. So we're making a business decision to get rid of one potential consumer, not consumer, but one moneymaker. Because if, you know, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product, right? So they're making money off Josh, but not enough to uh, counteract how many people he's driving away from the platform, right? That would be their business decision, right? So the question to you is, do you think that that was actually that's actually part of the decision, or do you think it's ideal ideological whatever based? You think it's a business decision or not? Is what I'm asking. No, it's ideological. It's just exactly what's going on with Twitter right now, right? Different platform, but it's the same thing. Somebody's not one. We have an insider threat, and being CI folks, we need to figure out who that is because not only have we had YouTube episodes banned, but now he's getting banned. So it's uh, we, yep. we clearly have an insider threat. So Luke, I need you to get on that. But that's the problem is these <laughs> folks that work at these places, they're not doing their job. And, and here's my biggest issue with all of this. You want to give me warnings, whatever, that's fine. Give me the chance to rebut and state my case. Not click a button saying, I disagree with you. I disagree with you and here's why. Because that 24-year-old schlub on the other end that lives in downtown San Francisco that takes a crap on the on the street corner to, to fit in with the homeless, like we don't see things the same. And you know what? Maybe I'm just a little bit privy to or privy to some information that he she doesn't have. I should be able to state my case and then hey, if you want to take that and then shoot back, nope, you're wrong because of A, B, C, and D. Rock and roll, man. But that's not it. And and they won't do that because, like you said, it's ideological. It's it's the well, no, I mean, it's like, it's no different than the fact checks. Half the fact checks are wrong. They send the fact checks and I'm like, no, that's actually wrong. And then they start quoting like their parent company because my parent company, Gannett, put out this article. Dude, you're one in the same. You're, you're quoting each other uh, to fact check stuff that's not correct. And they know that. They know that. They just, that's what they fall back on they, because they can't just say, well, you know what? Because you got to remember, you know, those who preach tolerance are usually the most intolerant, Right. It's you're an extremist if you don't agree with my ideas. And, and that's what it is. He'll never get a great explanation. Uh, you'll never have the chance to go back and forth and say, this is where I was coming from. This is my thought process. Here's the data. Here's the facts backing this up. It's no different than our, our episode that got banned uh, that I, I might want to repost again. Of course, I'm scared because now I'm like, hey, if they're like, if you repost it, they're going to kick us off the platform. But I, I listened through that thing again with, with my wife. And I was like, okay, let me find out what was going on. And, and there was a couple of comments that we made on COVID and it was a couple, you had actually asked several questions. Like they weren't facts. You were asking questions like, what if this da 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 And I forget exactly what it is. I have to go back and check the game tape. I'm like, that, that's what we got banned for. Like you didn't even state it, but it's no different than what's going on or what happened with the elections in Brazil. What, what Josh, what did, what did YouTube do? Hey, if you question the, the election integrity of, of Brazil, we're going to ban you. Yep. Which was, uh, you know, which was nuts because obviously, you know, in Brazil, I did not want Lula to win because Lula is a communist. Um, And, 
you know, but at the end of the day, like, I don't know how Brazil, Brazil's elections are done. I don't know how they're handled. I don't know the process. You know, I, 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 I don't know. And I, uh, honestly, you know, I hate to say it, it's not that I don't care, but it was just, okay. That's, that, that's very, very, you know, low on my, uh, you know, my, my things I need to read up on list anyway. And so, but when, you know, you, you start seeing some of the reports coming out and you're like, Oh, well, are there shenanigans? Ah, not, you know, whatever. But as soon as I saw YouTube was like, we are censoring, basically, we will remove content that questions the integrity of Brazil's elections. I was like, oh, there was shenanigans. The simple fact that YouTube came out and did that automatically told me that it was not on the up and up. That's all I needed to see. Right. And that's why people don't trust the system. They don't trust institutions because of that right there, you know. Because Facebook decided, you know, they were like, okay, well, you got to go because you shared a meme that, you know, probably, you know, probably 20, 30, 40, 50,000 other people did too, right? And, you know, at, at the end of the day, whatever, um, you know, I was able to download all my info. They give you the option. You can download all your information, uh, you know, so you don't lose photo, all that stuff. Um, and you know what? I mean, I, you know, I, I hope Zuckerberg That's actually... That's actually nice of them. I mean, that's right. Thoughtful. I mean, yeah, it's nice. It's like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like giving you a, a, you know, a Pepsi on the way out the door after they rape you. Yeah. It's like, it's like paying for your Uber. Right? But you know what? That's why they do. That's why YouTube does the closed captioning. Why do you think even the platform that we use, I don't want to get kicked off of it, but you know, why do you think yeah. they do free transcripts? Because they run it through their algorithms. Cause yeah. what's going to happen is we mentioned Brazil and elections. That's going to pop a flag and it's not going to be the cover art. It's not going to be the picture. Nobody Nobody's yep. sitting there listening. They're going to like, hey, he said uh, Brazil and elections, and now you're automatically flagged. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And you know, so for those out there, again, I didn't unfriend you. Um, my my account just well, got well some of you he did. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, okay, yeah. To be fair, but anyway, uh, you know, if you guys, anybody out there listening, if you haven't already, if you receive a, uh, if you receive a friend request from a, uh, you know, a, a, a popular uh, character from Parks and Recreation, um, you know, go ahead, just go ahead and accept it. It's in your best interest to go ahead and uh, and accept it. Uh, so, yeah. Hey. At the end of the day, it's whatever. Like you said, Facebook is a dying platform. I, I truly believe that. I do have a, I, I do have a lot more fun on Twitter, uh, you know, for for sure. Um, and I think we get more engagement on there. But going back to the live stream, I think we absolutely do the live stream. Uh, you know, when uh, when events present themselves to to do that, because like you know, Luke, those those, those threads that we did for like the debates and stuff, dude. I mean, those things were three and four hundred comments. Um, and a lot of people jumped in on them. It was a lot of fun. And I think a live stream, you know, especially even if we can, you know, get some extra people in the live stream and, uh, you know, people can jump on and, you know, chat with us back and forth. I think it'll be a, uh, I think it'll be good because Luke and you brought it up. Um, the live stream felt, it, it just felt a lot more genuine, um, you know, than a, than a non-live, uh, diatribe. It was, it was good. Uh, it was good for sure. I'm 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 tweeting at our least favorite hater. Uh, democracy is on the ballot. The fifth horseman. This guy. Oh, a piece that of guy's work. an idiot. He's you know what? Idiot. I you know I, I encourage the the canteen army. Hop on Twitter, man. Help us out. You know we can, Damon and Grant can't and Scott and Scott and, and Ryan. 
And Ryan. Ryan, yes. They can't carry all the weight. Darren, I'm looking at you. I know you're on Twitter. You're like the Roger of Twitter. You know, you're trolling, you you voyeur, you're looking in my window, you're <laughs> peeping Tom. Man, just <laughs> grab your sack and jump on these people, man. Hey, you know, we're using our bully pulpit. This guy is a freaking piece of work. He he this is the kind of guy he's he's basically saying that we can't change our mind on Trump because we supported him once. We're we're Trump forever. And I'm like, oh, so we can't, you know, observe new information and change our minds. Sounds kind of fascisty to me. It's like this this guy is a freaking bigot. He's the kind of person you want to know who votes for Fetterman? Guys like this guy. It doesn't matter who it is. And my wife and I had a long talk about that uh, today or last night, actually. It's like, you know, if our candidate and we, we talked about this early in the show, if our candidate's like, I can't, we can't vote for this person. I can't have this person representing me. They are not all there. You know, this is the kind of guy who votes for him no matter what, because it's more important that he doesn't lose than to have some, to have a competent person representing him. This guy is a freaking joke. Roger, do you know who I'm talking about? This, this no, but I'll, I'll look it up after the show. I'll look. Yeah, it up and he took he, he took his Ukraine flag out of his bio. And, oh, no, no, it's still there. Okay, I was about to make a comment about that. Oh, snap. Oh, man, did you see how brave uh, Sean Penn is? Oh, my goodness. Oh, Jesus. He he, he went over and he gave uh, Zelensky his, his, one of his Oscars and, uh, and said, I'll, I'll take this back. When, when He's going to melt that into a mortar round. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Zelensky, he's going to put that on his mantle, dude. Zelensky just loves this. He loves it so much. But I was so impressed. You guys see the picture of Sean Penn shaking Zelensky's hand? Dude, he's, Sean he, Penn's got to be like 60-something years old. Dude's jacked, bro. I was about to say, he's been slinging some weight. Dude, he's got veins coming out of the side of his bicep. I'm like, hey, I'll give Sean Penn a couple of things. I'll give him this. He's a good actor. He's a great actor. And dude, dude is jacked. I'll give him those two things, man. Good on you, yeah. Sean Penn. But very brave, though. Brave, very brave. Roger, I, would you go to Ukraine right now to shake Zelensky's hand? Just to shake his hand? No, no. There, there's a lot of places I would not go uh, just in, in, in general. But I want to throw one last thing out to you guys. Uh, if you've heard, well, two things. One, it's funny because remember where we were a couple of years ago with the whole Twitter thing and we had to find a new platform and as individuals. And we hopped on Mastodon and we did Gab and we did MeWe. What's funny is liberals are going through that right now and they're going back to the same crappy platforms that we were on like two, three years ago. It's genius. I love it. I love it. Well, not genius, but it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny how it all comes full circle. So I'll throw this at Josh. Biden basically came out and insinuated that Elon Musk might be a national security threat and that he should probably be looked into. And Jake Sullivan came out and reiterated that and said that, yeah, he might be something. He basically said Biden said what he said and, and he might need to be looked into. So I want to get your thoughts on that. But my, my immediate response, if I was Elon Musk, I would say, okay, that's great. You should go ahead and look into me. And uh, by the way, uh, I'm going to stop sp- sending your Space Force satellites up into space because he just did a launch like a week ago. Um, and oh, by the way, go ahead and let NASA know 
that I'm going to go ahead and stop carrying their payload up there as well. And you might as well go ahead and let the International Space Station know that I'm not carrying any of their payload up to them as well, because I think he does quite a bit of work with the government. Uh, it seems to me it's like if you're you're crapping on a guy, and I'm not saying he is isn't whatever, but I, just the reasons that they're like, well, the Saudis are the second largest shareholders of Twitter behind Elon Musk, whatever. I don't know that's a threat to national security, but it's like you're threatening a guy that that is doing a lot of good work and probably more than we'll ever know uh, for the U.S. government. Now, I don't know Elon from anybody else and, and have no personal relationship or knowledge, obviously, other than what I see. But what I've seen him do with SpaceX and what he's done, uh, even in support of the Ukraine war with the satellites, I mean, these are the same people that you know he sends over his Starlink costs him 20 and the shareholders $20 million a month. And he asked the Pentagon that, hey, man, uh, can you guys start footing this bill? You know, and, and the Pentagon, and then everybody jumps all over Elon, right? So, uh, Josh, do you, do you think he's a national security threat? And what do you think his response should be? Do I think he's a national security threat? Not from what I see, right? I mean, I don't think that he's a national security threat. He's the richest man on the planet. Is he going to have foreign connections? Absolutely. Right. Is he going to go around and, you know, court various investors for his businesses? Absolutely. Like, I mean, you, you'd be crazy if you didn't. Um, what's up, Luke? So just, you know, the richest man on the planet, right, could be a security threat. <laughs> that doesn't mean they are a security threat, right? Yeah. I sure. mean, the richest man on the planet. It's crazy how Elon Musk went from the you know liberals dream i can't wait to buy a tesla to a bond villain overnight it's funny yeah so multiple choice question who is a greater security threat elon musk eric swalwell diane feinstein feinstein i'd say swalwell (laughs) yeah so so finishing up the uh so finishing up the elon thing um, you know, okay. His response, I think his response should be exactly what you said. Um, but that's not the biggest, but that's the, that, that's really not the biggest issue here. Right. The biggest issue is that the president of the United States came out and said that a private citizen may be a, you know, a national security threat. It should be taken, you know, they should take a look at. Okay. That's, that's, I mean, that's the issue. Not the fact that Elon is a national, a, you know, could be a national security threat, right? When the president can just come out and, you know, unilaterally be like, well, I think that person is a national security threat, right? At a press conference and be like, we're, you know, we could use the full weight of the of the federal government to, to take a look at them. Um, man, I just, that doesn't sit right with me. And if we had an ACLU that was worth a shit, they would be, they would be all over that. But in that same vein, why not? Why wouldn't, why, why would Joe Biden hesitate to say that? Right. Because what's going to happen? Nobody's going to do anything. Hell, Michiganers just put Whitmer back in office after she locked them down from buying seeds, you know, during COVID from (laughs) buying, you know, from, from buying, they couldn't even buy a jacket. Right. While she was jetting around on her boat and her husband was going off on a boat doing things, you know, you couldn't go to Gam Gam's funeral. You know, one of our listeners, his dad, you know, he's from Michigan. His dad passed away during COVID, of COVID. He couldn't even go to his dad's funeral. 
right? He couldn't even go to his dad's funeral because of feckless tyrants like Whitmer. But what do people okay. do? They put him right back in the office. So, Josh, so why not? So, Josh, so did you see that video that was circulating around about COVID and how the politicians, you know, effed us where some dude recorded his grandmother? He was having a, a Zoom or Skype call with her or whatever. His mother, actually, is an older woman, obviously in a nursing home. She died like a month later of COVID. Um, did you see that video? No. Oh, my God. So, uh, okay, it was, it was heartbreaking. I'm going to kick it right back to you. It was heartbreaking. Uh, she obviously had uh, Alzheimer's or something. She didn't know what was going on. Somebody just put a screen in front of her. She was confused. She was trying to reach into the screen. She was showing pictures of her with them. It was It was absolutely heartbreaking. And that's one of the things I'm a little mystified about this last election, specifically with Whitmer and some of these other people. It's like what these people did to us is still in recent memory. And here we are, you know, I mean, I think Florida got it, but not Michigan. Because, and again, you know, and you guys have heard me say it because the majority of Americans are peas. The majority of Americans are okay with living under the jackboot. That's just that. That's just reality. Right. So Biden, there's no reason for Biden to be scared or be worried about or hesitate to come out and say things like, oh, I think so-and-so is a, you know, national security threat. And maybe we want to, you know, maybe we want to take a look at him. There's no reason for him to be scared. The people just told him. There's no reason for him to be scared because they voted some of these people back into office. Which is absolutely insane to me. The people in Michigan, guess what? You deserve every single thing you get from here on out. Pennsylvania, you deserve every single thing you get from here on out. Everything. Don't want to hear it. New York, don't want to hear you cry about crime. Nope. You put hope. Yeah, you know, Josh, this is one thing we go back and forth on. Uh, You know, you just... You know, there were a lot of dis- there were uh, some uh, New York Senate seats, New York State Senate seats that were flipped, and people got out to the polls and voted for that. So I, uh, this is where Josh and I disagree. I'm not willing to throw every New York citizen under the bus for a few people, or not a few, people, a ton of people living in the five boroughs in New York, New York City. I just, I, I'm not going to say you deserve everything you get. I'm not going to say that. I'm, I'm not going to do it because there are people there that vote. And New York flipped a lot, bro. New York flipped a lot with Bullshit. the states in it. Oh, okay. So I'm not, Roger, you're not done. We got eight Here, minutes. No, here's the thing with that though. Dude, come on, bro. Do you right, see how many really, people? Really? You, you're going to go down this road and throw somebody <laughs> under the bus who went out of their way. They might have even flipped from Dem to Republican and say, no, you get what you deserve. You got. You went into the city to go to a wedding. You got. Raped. I think it's a generality. It. It's it, it's a That's generality. A generality. I, think when, I don't know. When, I here's the thing. That. Here's the thing. Forty one thousand people left New York. Guess what? Those people. Not everybody can do that, man. Okay, Tim. They can Poole. pack up and they, okay, they can Tim pack Poole. up and move too. Okay, Tim Pool. Some people aren't in that situation. We are three comfortable dudes who who conceivably could do something like that. I don't buy into it, Josh. I don't. I'm not going to buy into that. No, you deserve it. Even though you went to the poll and you flipped New York State Senate seats because we're in a transition period. No, you deserve it. 
because you can't afford to move. You deserve if people, it. No, if people, if people can walk for a brand. week across the, if people can walk for a week across the desert and swim across a river to get here, you can fucking pick up your stuff no, and you can move out of this, New York this, state. This, this transitions very nicely into a point. I wrote it down here in my, in my notebook. Uh, the majority of Americans are peas. Yeah, I agree with you. They're happy to live with that jackboot on their throat. But let me tell you something, man. The jackboot that's around your throat and my throat and Roger's throat is fur-lined. Because that jackboot, that fur-lined jackboot that feels really good because you're sitting there in your air conditioning, as am I. I'm having my cold beer here with my three refrigerators in my house. Joe Sixpack's going to give up every right because that jackboot is fur-lined. So you can talk all the yang you want about, oh, they deserve it and all that stuff. But, bro, as long as you're comfortable, you're going to give up every right you have, as, as will I, as will Roger. You, you, can, have you three can deny it all you want. <laughs> I have one, two. Yeah, I have three refrigerators. <laughs> you have three refrigerators? Hey, he's now, got three refrigerators. The house. You, he's I, got I, three refrigerators in this house. How many do you have I in got, the other house? <laughs> I got four refrigerators, bro. No. <laughs> So I got to spice it up a little bit. Josh and I so always... When you're, when, you're, when you're talking about comfort... Let, let, let's I just said the three of us. Well, I I should, you should be more Jesse. specific because I don't have four I don't have four refrigerators in two houses. Oh, you should but, see Roger's refrigerator. But I think the... I can fit all four of my I, I refrigerators the, inside Roger's one refrigerator. I think the point so is... Let's get it Roger's straight. got a walk-in cooler. A lot of this stuff is... like When I say it, it's more the generalities of... Hey, there were tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of votes that voted to continue that way. And, and, and those are the people, I mean, I Hey man, you get everything you deserve, but Look, I, and, you know, and, obviously if, if, if Arizona goes blue, which it could, right. Carrie Lake could lose. Blake masters could lose. I mean, but you know, the other argument you can make is it goes back to what we opened up with. Well, how much should I do to influence that, that yeah. election? And, and Look, not enough, that, clearly. A lot, a lot of that stuff I was saying to Josh was not necessarily tongue-in-cheek, but that was kind of a, a, a peek behind the curtain to how our texts go a lot of times. So we, get, we get along real well on You know what? If we, we, really if we could like live text, we'd probably get way more oh, followers than we have wow. on the show. It gets spicy, yeah. folks. So real quick, uh, Josh, one thing that really got me with the, uh, with the Biden speech where you know he's talking about uh, Elon Musk and how they should look into him and everything. The reporter came, oh, God, I could go off on this for another few minutes. But the report, a reporter came back, you hear him in the background. And he said, how are you going to do that? And Joe Biden smirked and goes, we have a number of ways. And it's like that sent a shiver down my spine. It's like, and the, and the reporter got on Twitter and's like, ha, ha, ha. I bet Elon crapped his pants when he heard Joe Biden say that. And it's like, okay, cheerleader. What was the purpose of your question? I thought you were actually being a journalist. How are you going to go after a private citizen who who paid to acquire this with partners and say, we're going to come after you, and I'm not going to tell you how, which is a nice transition. Roger, I'm going to have you close it out. So there's a really great article that uh, Josh and, and I and Roger always talk about. We're talking about the FBI should not have intelligence and counterintelligence authorities. Uh, they should have criminal, and that's it. And, you know, I know counterintelligence at a point with espionage becomes criminal, but I think that's a recipe for a violation of civil rights. There's a great uh, article on Substack by uh, Matt Taibbi, FBI's transformation from national police to domestic spy agency is part one of four. But uh, that one's free. So head to Substack, check out Matt Taibbi. I scanned through it. I want to read the whole thing tonight, but it's really good. It kind of echoes what the three of us have been saying, that you combine counterintelligence and criminal into the same thing. Bro, I, 
Diego, hey, thanks for listening. I explained all this to Diego yesterday or the day before about how that's a bad idea. And he's like, holy shit, never thought about it that way. And it's like, yeah, man, most people don't. Uh, using those counterintelligence authorities where you get to, you know, you have the uh, exceptions to violate human rights or civil rights, that is. And in the course of doing that investigation, you find 20 different criminal, uh, possible criminal uh, uh, violations. I mean, in my book, that's dirty. But anyway, and then whatever. And they're not convicted of the counterintelligence. They're not convicted of espionage, but they are of all the criminal stuff. I think that's bullshit. Uh, anyway, so Raja, have you? That was the search out? warrant, right? That was the Mar-a-Lago search warrant. Yes, that's exactly. That the FBI can go exactly in there exactly on, on a counterintelligence pretext, say, "Hey, we're looking yep. for this." But oh, by the way, during that search, anything they find anything that's not crime. even related to that, which yeah. believe me, like Lucas said a million times, infinite resources, you did something wrong. That, yep. That's the whole point of it, right? Show me the man, I'll show you the crime. That's right. Uh, was it Jesus. Stalin? Or no, it was a uh, barrier that said that, right? I think so. Yeah. It's all love for Josh. Y'all thought we were going back and forth and getting mad. We weren't. That's just our text. That's just our text thread. So, hey, oh, shout no, out to Because I'm going to MF Luke in the text as soon as, we, as soon as we're done. Hey, if I forgot anybody with the shout out, as we always do, I, I apologize. We appreciate all y'all listening. Hopefully, maybe we got some Cajun conservative listeners in here. And uh, y'all, I encourage the, our, our regular audience, go listen to him. He, he's, a, he's a hoop, man. He's great. He's no, don't do that. Well, you can listen to him. Not go see him. first. Because- his production is like way better than ours. Like okay, they yeah, may, don't see him. Just listen. They to might him. not actually come back because he's got like professional stuff going on. So yeah, he, he's a lot of fun. Appreciate y'all listening and uh, hit us up on freaking Twitter and YouTube. Watch some YouTube. Damn it. Hey, by the way, Maricopa County just announced that there are 600,000 plus votes outstanding with an estimated 450,000 being day of voting. So the voting that they've released so far, the numbers are early voting mail-in. So we haven't even gotten through all that yet. So we're still waiting for, we haven't even touched the, the day of voting yet, which I think is going to break to the right. It, it would be my, my thought process of that. So uh, my, my assumption is by the time we drop this episode uh, and it comes out, you know, hopefully, I don't know, in the next couple of days, Maricopa County will still be counting. Uh, I just pray that they are done counting uh, by the time our next episode comes out uh, after this here in the next week or so. But uh, thanks everybody out there for listening. You know, my daughter listens every now and then still uh, she's out there in PA school kicking ass. Uh, I know her boyfriend listens and, and it's funny because he actually starts texting me. Uh, he's like, man, this is all BS. And you know, it's like, ah, oh, calm down a little bit. You know, he's fired up, but it's good to see young folks like that, that are, that are engaged. Uh, and, and he does a good job of trying to educate himself. Like, I'm not convincing him of anything. It's a, hey, man, here's the facts. Here's my beliefs. Here's my perspective. Uh, and he goes out and he does some of his own due diligence. I think one of my wife's coworkers, she just started listening to us as well the other day. She might have been drunk because uh, she texted a picture like, oh, look at what I'm watching. I'm like, ah, getting ready to get educated, huh? But it was like 1130 at night. So she was probably hammered, had nothing else to watch. Netflix was out or something like that. And that's <laughs> on the, the Culper's Canteen Cup. But thanks to everybody out there that keeps hanging with us. Joe. Uh, Dan's out there, uh, you know, a bunch of folks that, that we don't necessarily give credit to, but we interact with a lot of them, uh, throughout the day, whether it's text, uh, comments, it was actually pretty good. I, you know, I was able to hop on uh, the Cajun conservative with you guys for a few minutes. Uh, and it was kind of nice to see some of the cross pollination with, uh, some of the C3 listeners and viewers, uh, hop up there and, and throw out some comments. So they are just as engaged as, as we are. And, and 
you know, I think some of uh, some of our other listeners. But thanks to everybody out there. Check out Carlton Zeus. Hit up our website, www.theculperscanteencup.com. And keep your canteen cups tightly secured and full of some good whiskey.